2: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just
0: fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown.
3: And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
0: This is the Opening Drive Podcast
4: on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Guess what day it is.
5: Half home Good morning, everyone, and welcome, well, not for everybody, to the opening drive on 101 ESPN, (sighs) where it's 7 o'clock in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, Brooke Grimsley, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and huge, huge 101 ESPN programming announcement as we start the show this morning. Uh, a, a huge personnel change the Craig Berube segment in the uh in, in the Fastlane has been canceled. Oh.
1: Well, I I'm just waking up Randy. What um what happened? I was uh, the, driving the, in the, the coach something. got whacked.
5: The, the, uh, we, yeah. Ollie? Not Ollie. No, the the guy who's won a championship. Oh uh, Chief, Craig Berube, the Man. guy who got the largest ovation from the Blues fans on opening night at Enterprise Center. Mm-hmm. Craig Berube, mm-hmm. the Blues have lost mm-hmm. four in mm-hmm. a row. And after last night's loss to the Detroit Red Wings, the Blues saw fit to fire their Stanley Cup winning coach.
1: I, I said this yesterday. And, I, and when I said it, obviously, I didn't know that this was going to happen. Bad players get good coaches mm-hmm. fired. Mm-hmm. Bad effort, energy, it, it just just bad attitude. Bad players, and you that's not necessarily on the ice or on the field or on the court, but just bad players get good coaches fired all the time. It's mm-hmm. a time-honored tradition. Mm-hmm. It's something that is going to happen when you have players. We had we listened to the to the audio of Brayden Braden Shin the other day and just what he was saying about the effort and trying to pull guys into the fight. Bad effort, bad energy, bad players, good coaches don't last long.
6: No, I was honestly so shocked because I woke up to it this morning because CD, you were up late last night and you had sent it in the group chat. And so when I woke up this morning, I was like, oh, wait, I have some text messages. And I looked, I'm like, whoa, whoa, there is no way my first initial (laughs) reaction. You know, when I got here to St. Louis, I came here during that Blue Stanley Cup run at the very beginning of it. So I was very lucky to be able to witness that, seeing all the changes that the Blues went through where they fired Mike Yo, And then this coach comes in and Craig Berube, and he was no nonsense, very stern, very serious. And I was like, OK, we'll see how this goes. Mm-hmm. And the way that he was able to so quickly turn around that locker room. I had never seen anything like that in my career, and I know that I haven't had as long of a career as you guys have had, obviously, in broadcasting, but still, no. (laughs) Experienced and seasoned, Randy. Experienced and seasoned. But just to see what he was able to do with that team and that incredible Stanley Cup run, Craig Berube was the mastermind behind that. He pushed all the right buttons with getting that team together. I'm completely shocked And honestly, not happy with this decision. No,
5: I'm not either. And we're going to talk about it throughout the morning. We welcome your mic drops with the 101 ESPN app. We expect that you're emotional. As a matter of fact, looking at the text lines, you are emotional, as you should be. Uh, Chris Kerber is going to join us at the bottom of this hour. We're also going to talk, hopefully, to Jeremy Rutherford, who has a great piece up. I I was what reading jr's piece this morning and i thought man i I, this could have been me writing this i'm so in tune and in line with what jeremy rutherford said uh, in his piece at the athletic so the blues right now are one point out of a playoff spot in the nhl's western conference they have a record of 13 14 and one and they are at the moment seven points behind winnipeg with 54 games to go in the season during the offseason June 12th Blues chairman Tom Stillman joined us here in studio and I asked him what his expectations were for the 2023-2024 St Louis Blues and he said we're not gonna be elite he said we're not uh, he, he didn't he knew that they weren't gonna be great he knew what they had then on October 11th before the season started Doug Armstrong had a press conference and was asked by Jeremy Rutherford what his expectations were for this season And this is what ARMY had to say.
7: Yeah, I think we should. We, you know, if you look at, uh, I'd love to get third place. I think that uh, if you, you know, I think third might be an easier thing uh, to get than than one of the two wildcard spots. So I, I think we should be competitive. But uh, again, it doesn't really matter what what I think or what anyone thinks. It's what we're going to do. I, I think we should be competitive with with the groups with that uh, with that. You know, if you break the league into thirds, I hope to be in the in competitive with that middle third, and I hope to be at the top end of that middle third. That's our goal going
5: in. And- Which the Blues are at the moment after their 13-14-1 start. Okay, a couple of quick things and then I will uh, turn it over to you kids. Number one, this might be a way oversimplification but it's my belief and hindsight can be twenty twenty. but if you really want to go to the core of the issue here, it's that Jordan Cairo is making $8 million for this team and Alex Petrangelo is making $8.8 million for the Vegas Golden Knights and you gave Tori Krug who just is not that good of a player. All right, nice guy, really good community guy, but he's just not a very good hockey player. You you replaced Alex Petrangelo, essentially, on the same night Petrangelo signed with Vegas, you replaced... Well, uh, actually, no. Uh, you, you signed Krug before you uh, brought in Alex Petrangelo, and you wouldn't give him a no-move. And it was so simple to give him a no-move a, a no because you say, if you're Armstrong, oh, well, that sets a precedent. And all you have to do is say, okay, well, when you become the first captain in our franchise's history to hoist the c- cup above your head, mm. then you can get a no-move, too. That gave you an out. That gave you entree to keeping alex petrangelo and the blues didn't okay the other part of this is 2023 2024 craig brew we know right we've seen it he can win a stanley cup we know that he's a stanley cup winning coach what the blues have done this year is akin to giving a james beard award-winning chef a bunch of ingredients that were bought at a garage sale and expecting him to build a gourmet gourmet meal Uh, what has this group of players done to give you any belief that they can win we know the coach can win is there any uh, any part of this roster as a group of players that makes you believe they can win I mean hell you had your owner and your your general manager saying we're not going to be elite we're gonna finish in third well you're not elite you got a shot at third why the hell are you firing the coach unless unless there's one of two things at play maybe it's a mercy killing or maybe you're shooting a hostage. Maybe you're telling those players that Braden said said the other night, you can't pick and choose when you're gonna play. Maybe it's the old, sometimes you gotta shoot a hostage and maybe that's what's happening and this is the ultimate wake up call, but it's ridiculous. And the Blues are a worse organization right now than they were 12 hours ago.
6: I 100% agree. And I hope that it is more of the mercy killing, as you mentioned there. It was very clear that Craig Ruby was getting frustrated with his players, especially the younger players. And maybe to the people who are saying this is a great move, that is their counter argument, right? Is that you should be getting the best out of your players. Well, over the years, has he not gotten the best out of his players? He has. And the Tory Krug, you mentioned Tory Krug last night. I'm sorry. That was absolutely ridiculous. That game last night, did you guys see how many times Tory Krug was right? there in front of the net when those goals went to the back of the net he was right there mm-hmm. especially i think it was either the fabry or wallman goal i mean Tori krug was right there in front of the net and he didn't tie him up that just makes no sense what to whatsoever and that's more of an execution issue this was i, I thought this is great that jeremy rutherford has in the athletic right now on this article he says this was an executive issue and an execution issue not a coaching issue and that's 100% what you saw here. You mentioned everything with Alex Petrangelo. That is when the dominoes, to me, really started to fall. And you lost so many veteran voices, not just people who are part of that Stanley Cup championship team, which was what made it so successful, but you lost so many key veteran voices by making these moves alex petrangelo david perron i mean jay Meester of course is that was a bigger different incident but still the voices that you lost even i know Ruff. vladimir teresinko could have been difficult at times yep. but he was a passionate player and leader
5: and let me throw this one out there and again it it can be used as a second guess but i know a lot of blues fans didn't it was a first guess for them keeping robbie fabry rather than patrick maroon
8: mm.
5: You know, you gave Robbie Fabry nine hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. You could have kept a room for seven fifty. Yes. That uh, during that off season after the Stanley Cup, there's another one, right? He, a room guy, and the the Blues just
6: Ryan that, O'Reilly. I know that there, but that yeah. was when things yeah. were being torn apart. Yeah. But still, you've lost so many voices, and it all to me goes back to the Alex Petranchuk. Yeah, that's where move. it because he's yes. still in his
5: prime. He can still play and will be able to play. And I don't know if Jordan Cairo is ever going to turn into a player. I, I wonder, you know, our, our guy Robert Thomas, you hope that he becomes that Patrice Bergeron type player that he was compared to, but time's are running now. This is a year, what, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23? This is year six for Robert Thomas in the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Jordan Kyrou's 25 years old. When's it happen? So, I, we, we talk a lot about,
1: obviously, because that, that was a, a historical moment in St. Louis history, the Blues winning, but this is a completely different team. The, the players are different. You know, you don't have that same fabric of the team that that won that cup. They are far removed from those players and when you're looking at the roster and, and how it's constructed, guys gotta play and do their jobs and it, it's, if you're not going to do your job, it's going to be hard to win and it's going to be hard to have success and if you're not willing to do it every single night, it, Mike Tomlin has a great quote, it's not what you're capable of but what you're willing to do we're all capable of many things how much are you willing to do how much was this team willing how much effort was this team willing to put into into every game every single night and that's probably not probably that's what cost greg Berube his job and and to your point randy i do think i i i would have to say Craig Berube probably went into that office and said, "Man, just do it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just do it. Get it over with. Don't wait. Don't do what you need to do now. What you, what don't do now. What you can have to do later. Do it now. Get it over with. Let's get this done. Because I can't stomach this. Mm-hmm. When you're watching the Blues play hockey, if a guy is not giving effort and you're being, this is the part that frustrates fans. Like I'm never a person that that." harps on a contract or how much money a person is making because it's obviously different from sitting here and talking sports versus playing sports in front of hundreds of thousands of fans and people watching across the country or whatever but when you're being paid to do a job no matter what that job is you should be at the best of your ability every single day and if you are not then that job is no longer secure for you. There are other people that want that job and want that opportunity. And when you're watching the Blues play, if you got guys that are not, if I got a teammate that I have to question whether or not he's giving me everything he got, coach, get him the hell away from me. Mm -hmm. Please do it now before I harm him. It's that important. It's that hard to make it to this league. It's even harder to stay. Don't have this person out here with me. Because it puts us all in danger of not having success.
5: We should mention that Drew Bannister, the yes. Springfield coach, has been promoted as the interim head coach of the St. Louis Blues. And
6: I'm sure he'll turn things around sure. very, very, very Here's quickly. Stanley Cup, here right? yeah. Another Stanley Cup on the way, right, guys? But to your point with what you're saying, those comments this past weekend were very telling from Braden Shin, where he talked about guys you know, picking and choosing when they want to use their intensity, and he can't get into the gear and force these other guys to be able to want to go out there and play hard. That's what you saw last night. There was times where they didn't play hard. And it's frustrating because that is more of an execution issue. But when it comes down to somebody making a lot of money and has the big, big contract, it felt like we knew that this was coming, right? I mean, you could see the writing on the wall in the sense of if you're not getting the most out of Jordan Cairo, I'm I'm still on the side of... I hate this firing. Maybe but you are. I, 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 no. Uh-uh. Maybe you are getting the most out of Jordan Cairo. Oh, this is the most out of Jordan Cairo. Is that Maybe, what you're saying? Yeah. Maybe this is what he has to offer. And that's not good. And that no. makes this contract look and bad. That, but that's what I'm saying. That's
1: on Army. If that's yes. who he is, that's on Army.
6: But you know, that's what I was worried about mm-hmm. that it would come to this season is that this is what it would turn into with Jordan Cairo, where it's more of a contract issue thing and the feeling that you're not getting the most out of it. And of course... Who's going to be the one that has to pay for that? It's going to be the head coach. Mm-hmm. That's And that's exactly what happened in this situation. Yep. And Because when it comes down to the contract, it's going to be attached to Doug Armstrong's legacy, and he has to find a way to get the most out of it. I still don't think this is the right answer whatsoever.
5: We want to hear from you. And, oh, by the way... Uh, Well, it's Wednesday. Normally we do Ask Uncle Randy. We'll do Ask Uncle Randy tomorrow because we know you want to respond. We've got a million texts already. We do want your mic drops. We're going to talk to Chris Kerber at the bottom of the hour. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to connect with Jeremy Rutherford, who was up late writing last night. But uh, he he has a great piece, obviously, and is tied into the organization. And uh, a lot more coming your way about the Blues firing their head coach, the Stanley Cup winning coach, Craig Berube, as we roll on on this edition of The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. You're
4: back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
9: We could make some transactions that make us, keep us, more competitive, mm-hmm. you know, right now we could be doing things that say, well, that puts that off for a couple of years, but really, really help us a lot. You know, so right. it, it's a little unclear right now. I think either way we'll be competitive. Um, I don't, I don't think we'll be considered one of the elite teams, but I think we'll still be competitive in our division.
5: That's Blues chairman, Tom Stillman on June 12th. Here in studio at 101 ESPN will be competitive and the blues are right around 500. They're a point out of a playoff spot and they're clearly not elite yet. They determined that they needed to fire their coach. Craig Ruby last night on my Twitter uh well, actually it's X now, isn't it? Yes. But uh, on my X I have a poll up. Uh simple. What do you think of the St. Louis Blues firing of Craig Bruby? Uh good move or bad move. If you would just go to X and Randy Carricker, I have the poll up. And I'm sure everybody's gonna retweet it from here, and we want to have you participate. And we've already got texts on the Air Comfort Service text line, three one four three nine nine-nine six four six, three one four three nine nine. Yo ho and uh it's interesting. That so far, most people think that firing Craig Ruby was a bad move.
6: Mm, nah. I think that that's pretty telling yeah. Yeah. about how people have felt about Craig Bruby. So some texts are coming in, and this is the first thing that I thought of this morning. From the 217, in my eyes, it's time for a total rebuild for the St. Louis Blues organization. The veterans are having difficulty meshing with the youth, which is why Coach got canned. It's time to unload Sod, Falk, anybody that can get us some draft picks and go into total rebuild ASAP. As a team, I would rather be bad and rebuilding than struggling with mediocrity. And Wasn't that
1: an issue last year?
5: Yeah, but the, the what, older
1: players and the younger yeah. players not meshing. Yeah, and they got yeah, rid of yeah. two of Deja the older vu. players mm-hmm. all over little, again. Yeah,
5: <laughs> one of the problems the Blues have in heading into a rebuild is that they are uh, they're they're on a financial tightrope. They need to make the playoffs to make money, and this can't be a money losing. Franchise. It's held as essentially a community trust by the people that own it. Uh, The the Enterprise, Worldwide Technology, Mr. Stillman, uh, uh, the Danforth family. It's held as a community trust, but they aren't in the business of losing money. So the Blues can't go into a long-term Chicago-style rebuild where they don't make the playoffs. So they really do walk a fine line, but at the same time, when you look at the teams that are succeeding... The Golden Knights signed Alex Petrangelo as a free agent, fourth pick in the draft. They traded for Jack Eichel, second pick in the draft. Uh, Boston is the best organization in hockey, and they haven't needed to utilize a top five or six pick to be great. But then you look at the, the rest, the Rangers, they've they've had multiple top five picks that are succeeding for them now, and that's one of the reasons they have the third best record in the league. Vancouver has been in the midst of a long-term rebuild, and finally their young high draft picks are, are succeeding. The Can- have had multiple non-playoff years, and they're finally emerging from those. And then Florida makes the trade for Matthew Kachuk, and that might be another one that the Blues look back on and say, okay, mm-hmm. 2020 hindsight, we wish that we would have just done it and done everything. I don't know what they could have done. I don't know that they could have given up. They didn't have on their roster what Florida gave up. But I don't think the Blues tried hard enough. And then Colorado, obviously, with, the, with their multiple high picks. Toronto with their multiple high picks. When you look at the best teams generally, they have really high picks. And I don't think the Blues are in a position where they can go seven or eight years without making the playoffs. I don't think financially they can do it.
6: No, but that's why when you brought up the Tom Stillman sound this morning... Uh, was anybody expecting this team to be really, really good this season?
5: That's the confusing part for me. If the owner of the team is saying on June 12th, yeah, we're going to be middle of the pack, we aren't going to be elite. If the general manager in Poho is saying, I hope to finish third in the division, I want to be in the middle third, the upper part of the middle third. Well, right now, the Blues are, there's what, 30 teams in the league? Or 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So the Blues are... Uh, The Blues are right now, after this four-game losing streak, they're in the bottom third of the league. But two wins, and all of a sudden you're in that middle third that he was talking about.
6: Exactly. And that's why it's just kind of confusing, this move, because the expectations, while I think we were all hoping for at least getting the playoffs, maybe you were just hoping that they slip or just sneak into the playoffs. But I don't think the expectations were that high this season. And we talked about this. There is not a superstar right now on this team. Right, There isn't.
5: This is a text from... The uh, This is from our buddy Mean Mike. He said, time to unload Kairu before the no-trade kicks in. Um, the perception around here that I'm getting from a lot of fans is that Kairu's the reason the Berube got fired. So if you're another organization, and you've got a guy with a big contract in the first year of an eight-year, $8, $8 million-a-year contract, and your Stanley Cup-winning coach, who is a great communicator, hasn't been able to reach the kid, do you want to trade for that kid? That's
1: the that's the ultimate question. I mean, we talk about it with players that are injured when we're talking about the St. Louis Cardinals. Do teams want to trade for a player that is often injured? And do you want to trade for a player that may be perceived to not work hard or not have a great attitude or not give great effort? there are always two teams when you're trading, you can't just trade away spare parts or scrap scrap evil and say, yeah, take us, take what we got and give us your great thing back. And, And, and that's not, I'm not saying that that's what Jordan Cairo is, but if that's how he's being perceived as a player that does not give great effort, that is a coach killer, a guy that is going to get your coach fired, then that's not someone that you would want to bring into your locker room. It's, for me, this is one of the most troubling things. I think that the telltale sign for this Blues team. They play tomorrow night versus the Senators. We talked about this a couple Mm -hmm. of weeks ago when they went to Minnesota and played the Wild, right? Oh, the Wild just fired their coach. They're going to be, it's going to be tough to beat them because they're going to be a team. Let's see if the St. Louis Blues have that same energy when they play against the Senators. Mm -hmm. Let's see if they come out with that same mindset that the Wild did, that that was the reason we couldn't go and beat the Minnesota Wild in Minnesota a few weeks ago because they had just fired their coach. That will tell you who this team is and that will tell you, Whether or not Craig Berube, which I think most of us already assume that he was not at fault Mm -hmm. for what took place, but this team still still has a half of a season left, more than half of a season left. How much effort are they going to give knowing that they just got the coach fired because of their lack of effort?
6: From the 573, everyone is blaming Army, and rightfully so, but Baruby didn't help his own case. Playing Verana with Blay and McGing, not making any change on the power play. End of the day, it's the coach's job to make sure players show up and are ready to play, and the Blues have not been doing that.
5: One of the problems that that. he has is that he was given Verana, And (laughs) he he probably got the best that Jakub Verana has to offer uh, last year. And he has a history,
6: a pattern going into the Blues. But he,
5: he did score 10 goals in 20 games with the Blues, and there was a good reason to play him because he was productive down the stretch last year. Unfortunately, the real Verona is probably—not probably. The real Verona is the guy that we're seeing now and not the guy that we saw down the stretch last year. But if it wasn't going to be Verona, then what was it going to be? Alexandrov? Were you were you going to play him? Uh, it, it seemed to me that there were limited options for the coach. Uh, This one from the 636, I really hope that these crybaby St. Louis Blues players are happy now. They have a coach who could have guided them to another Stanley Cup if they would have only worked hard and they elect not to. Just shows you this team is not about winning our uh, through hard work to get the Cup. So, I encourage all Blues fans to redirect your money and your time. Well, I, I wouldn't go that far because the organization, the front office, the ownership, has done wonderful things for St. Louis. But at the same time, yes, you are 100% right. And, Carrie, I know that you agree with this. This one is on the players. And this isn't like the Cardinals because we know that Craig Ruby can win a Stanley Cup. We know that he is an elite coach because he's shown it.
1: Yeah, he showed he showed it with with a different team though. Like those guys, like mm-hmm. I said, this is a completely different team. That team has has is long gone, and mm-hmm. I know Blues fans hate to hear that, but that was five six years ago. The transition, the the, the transformation of a team year to year, let alone five years, yeah. four to five years removed, it's vastly different. So the but he didn't become a bad coach. No, 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 no. I don't think he became a bad coach, but but the 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 best coaches have the best players. Right. That yeah. matters. And, and the fact that, that it's hard for people to understand that. And when I say best players, I'm not just talking about talent-wise. I'm not just talking about, you know, you this guy is great speed, great stick, great, all of these things. The best players also have the best mentality. They are going to give great effort, whether they're tired, hurt, beat down. They're going to show up for their teammates, show up for their coaches, and they're going to be present every single night. And that's what he had in 2019. They haven't had that because the, the, the mindset and the philosophy of the players
5: has shifted. Our Twitter poll, at Randy Carricker it's been up for a few minutes now, nearly 500 votes. What do you think of the St. Louis Blues firing of Craig Berube? A good move? 9.4% say it is. A bad move? 90.6% say that it's a bad move.
6: <laughs> well, that's all the polling that we need. No, we're yeah, I, Twitter, just based man. off the text line alone, you could tell that this is not a firing that people are behind right now. No,
5: it, it, And they shouldn't be. I'm, I'm glad that uh, Blues fans are uh, showing that uh, they they get it. Coming up the Voice of the Blues here on 101 ESPN Chris Kerber will join us to talk about the Blues firing of Craig Berube. We have more coming up throughout the show including your mic drops and the poll and your texts. Uh, we want you to weigh in today here on 101 ESPN.
8: The smartest way.
0: You are back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101
4: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
5: We are all aghast and you can see our reactions uh, today here on our Air Alliance team studio cam. (laughs) Uh, if you just go to YouTube and go to 101 ESPN STL, we are we're stunned and saddened at the blues firing of Craig Berube. Uh, Chris Kerber is going to join us momentarily. Here's what we got coming up. We just put a show together during the break, uh, kind of. Uh, so we do have take it or leave it this morning that's coming up next we're going to talk to jeremy rutherford at 8 15 we're going to talk to jamie rivers at 8 45 we're still going to have a fight and uh, we're going to have john eulett in studio you man has a cool event coming up so that'll be at 9 15 and then you with mic drops and your texts and your reaction to the blues firing of craig bruby right now on my twitter at randy Carricker. that's a randy k-a-r-r-a-k-e-r on the x if you want to call it that uh Let me just refresh here. We have a total of 741 votes. Uh, What do you think of the St. Louis Blues firing of Craig Berube? Bad move, 91.1%. Good move, 8.9%.
6: I think that that's uh, pretty... Telling about how people feel about it right now. I was thinking about this too because some of the newer coaches that were brought in, the whole purpose was so that they would help better connect with the younger players, right? You guys remember that by bringing in some of these new coaches and on top of helping this team in general. But these were the coaches that Barubi was allowed to hire. But we talked about this many times this season. Are some of these guys that are here, were they Barubi style players? Because what made the Blues so successful in 2019 and how far have we gotten away from that?
5: And I was asking this question yesterday. And Kerbs is on the line with us now. I wonder if you scoured the whole league, if you could get a group of players in their primes right now that could do what and would do what that team did in 2019. Are, are there enough gritty, tough leader, hard workers in the league to be able to do what that team did? And one thing I've said, and Chris Kerber joins us now on uh, the Celebrity Line here on 101 ESPN Voice of the Blues, uh, one, one thing uh, about this particular group and curbs they've admitted it is they they haven't tried hard enough good morning uh, I want to start with this you're around the team every day what was your reaction last night when you found out that the Blues had fired Craig Berube
9: uh, I wasn't overly surprised because it it started to feel like things were going in that direction but at the same time to be just bluntly honest i I'm like I said, I wasn't overly surprised, but I was still stunned and 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 a little bit shocked that it actually did happen. Because in some ways, I felt like if this season Craig Berube has been dealt a pocket pair, and he was trying to outdo a flusher straight, right? Uh, for for people that like poker. So, um, but but having said that, that, that is. This is just a harsh reality of this business. You know, I went back and I looked at the last, there's been seven coaching changes now since I've been with the blues, Randy. And I went back and look at what the team did after the change. And you never know. Sometimes, I mean, you you look at what the Edmonton Oilers have done this season, having won seven in a row and climbed back into it after the change. You look at what the Minnesota wild has done. Now, I, I don't know that the blues roster is where those two teams roster is, but uh clearly a team that's spending up against the cap, you know, even though you're in a transition year, Doug Armstrong was seeing something that uh, he felt the change needed to happen, whether it be for an on ice record, whether it be for a different evaluation of players and, and this move was made. So I think from just a, you know, from a heartfelt fan standpoint, this, this one stings a lot like I think the Quenville one did, mm-hmm. you know, and um that that it it feels very similar because it if you remember that one Randy you know the, the, the blue and 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 Brooke, I don't think you, you were in the market yet um but like uh the Quendall one you had a team where the roster was starting to slide right and and that's the same situation that you have here now it doesn't mean that there still isn't you know more that you know blood you can get out of a the stone there but uh it, it just you knew you had a good coach, and Larry Plow knew he was letting go of a good coach, and obviously look what happened with what he did with the Chicago Blackhawks, right? Uh, so uh, this one feels a lot like that, but, uh, you know, I, I look at this roster, and right now I, I, I think there's, I see two, and then I would potentially put in a third player that is, you know, performing two level or outperforming where they should be.
6: Well, Curbs, a big part of this, too. We talked about the comments that Braden Shin had this past weekend where you could definitely tell that there was some frustration with players kind of picking and choosing their intensity levels throughout games. I I was wondering, did does it feel like Bruby did he lose the room? Did he lose the locker room? Was that a part of this?
9: No, I hate that phrase, too, by the way, Brooke. Like, like how many times have we gone in a locker room and felt like a coach has really lost the room? I mean, even... Even when, you know, like, you know, players would bark at Ken Hitchcock, but I don't know that a room was lost where, where players actually just gave up on, on somebody altogether and said, oh, hell of this, we're not going into play. I, I don't think that's the case at all here. Uh, I, I really don't. Uh, I, but I, I do look at it, and, and there was only so much, I think, that Craig Berube can do, and he did it. He scratched Verona a couple of times. He scratched Sammy Blay. He benched uh, Jordan Cairo you know, for the better part of a third period, a handful of games ago, he's moved players out of the top six down to the fourth line. Kasperi Kapanen was on, was on a fourth line, you know, two, two days ago, two games ago in Chicago. Uh, He elevated a player like Jake neighbors. who's earned the right to be elevated. You know, he, he scratched Marco Scandella. He's, he's had Tucker and, and, you know, Perunovic in and out of the lineup like I think Craig Baruby did a hell of a lot to try to get guys' attention, and nothing seemed to be. It, it's not that he lost the room; it's just that whatever was going just wasn't working. But um, no, I, I didn't like. I didn't see quitting this guy. Like, I guess more to your room point about losing a room, I didn't see quitting these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I didn't see, I, and and that's maybe more of the question. Like, did 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 you see quit or did you see a surrender? And and I, and I haven't seen that. I just there just wasn't a cohesiveness yet to to this season, and this season's got a long way to go yet. And you're right on the in the thick of things, still knocking on the door of a playoff spot. So, you know, part of this is maybe a general manager saying, "I'm not giving up on this season yet." So,
5: Curbs, if they haven't quit and they've lost four in a row, and several of those have been to the the dregs of the league, is that as alarming as anything? If we're, we're getting the most out of this team that we can
9: yeah I, I mean I think that's fair no I, listen like like if you look at the roster to me and 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 and, and, and you know me guys uh I got those my, my, my two philosophies in broadcast and the first thing is it wouldn't say anything on the air it wouldn't say to a guy's face mm-hmm. right
8: mm-hmm.
9: okay well look at this roster from a very honest standpoint I, I think Jake neighbors is performing to a level at or above where you'd expect him to be right now. I'm going to put Oscar Sundquist in that group as well. I, I think 12 points for Oscar Sundquist in 27 games in a in a third and fourth line role situation. And what he's brought to the table, I'm happy with Oscar Sundquist. And Robert Thomas is the one where you're going, okay, you're looking at a guy that's got 27 points in 27 games. He's been fantastic on the faceoff. Dot. He's playing at every situation. <laughs> I, I think you've got to be pretty happy with the play of, of, of Robert Thomas this year. Now you go, could there be more from him? Yeah, I think there could be better execution, specifically on the power play. A lot better execution on the power play. Uh, so so that's why you hesitate there. I'm not sure that there's anybody else on the roster that you sit there at the moment and say, you're getting, you know, everything out of them right now. And And to me, that's players have to look inwardly, you know, and... And before a culture gets really bad, and that starts to, to twist at you, you've got to try something. And and unfortunately, that's resulted in a coaching change. And you know, sometimes these things work, as we saw with Craig Berube uh, in, in eighteen nineteen, and and, and sometimes they don't. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see where this one goes. Doug, I, I don't believe, I don't believe that Doug Armstrong. Like Doug Armstrong's a smart hockey guy. Doug, Doug Armstrong knows what he's got with this roster right now. He knows where he's at in this in this transition. I think it, whether it be looking for just a different evaluation on where things are, he's bringing in Drew Bannister, who has been a coach in this organization now for five years and has coached, I mean, he's coached an absolute, like from a minor league standpoint, Drew Bannister's coached Kyru, Costin, Butler, Blay, McCaffrey, Wallman, Mikola, Sanford, Hofer, Bennington. Torabchenko, Tucker, Alexander—like, this is not a guy coming in that doesn't know what's going on with the organization right now.
1: Curves, I've said it before that it's easier to get rid of one coach as opposed to multiple players. So if Drew Bannister isn't able to get these players, as you said, he's coached a lot of them. If he's unable to get these players to to play with motivation or play with effort, what's the next step?
9: Well, well, the next step is—I don't—I don't mean this facetiously, but. I mean, the next step is you hope you get another high draft pick. I mean, there's a, there's another reality to it. The team in transition and that is look, you, you look at what the doing, you know, in, in junior hockey right now, you look at what Snuggaroo doing, you know, you're hoping that, that, that you're going to get development from, uh, you know, from Dean and from, from Bulldoop down there. Right. So put all, put all that together. And if, if the season doesn't go, you know, as Doug Armstrong said, he wants to be competing this year with the top level of that middle third. If it doesn't go that way, another high draft pick is not the worst thing in the world if you're going to be honest with your fan base in terms of, you know, building, you know, towards the long term part of the future. So, you know, this is, a, Kerry, this is one of those, and, you, and you've, seen, you know, you've talked about it, and, and especially in a salary cap area, it's not as easy to turn a roster over. Um, it's just not as easy to, to, to make changes and, and, and to adjust certain things if guys are underperforming contracts. And uh, the, the reality of it is you're right. You can only make one change in in this case, and, and that's the coach. And that's also, guys, a, a, an unfair part of this business, but that is a reality of sports, isn't it?
6: Yeah, no, He's it is. is a very harsh reality. And just kind of going back to the leadership that we've seen, and we talked about this this morning, Curbs, and I know that when you were you didn't like the phrase, and I totally agree with you. I'm just asking it about when you're talking about losing the room because people, I feel like, are just searching for answers at this point about how we got to this point. And you guys were talking about it on the broadcast last night after the game. How much has it hurt this team in getting us to this point of losing a lot of those veteran voices over the recent years?
9: Well, uh, l- listen. It's a it's a completely different team. You know, I, we you you're replacing O'Reilly and Barbashev and Tarasenko and and and, and go back. You know, Schwartz and some yeah. and, and, and the other guys since the Cup Championship and even and even the ones you couldn't control. You know, the the, the career ending injuries to Steen, Bolmester, and and Gunnarsson. Um, you, you're replacing. You're replacing those guys with players that either aren't ready yet. I mean, don't forget, you're, you're talking about when Ryan O'Reilly came in and did what he was doing, right? They hadn't won in Colorado. They hadn't won in Buffalo. He was ready to win, and, and, you know, and, and he found his niche here, right, in St. Louis. A so Bo Meister had never made the playoffs. Nine years in the league had never made the playoffs until he was with the St. Louis Blues, and that was a third overall pick, right? Mm-hmm. So some guys, some guys, in all fairness, aren't ready to step in yet and be at that level. So I'm not so sure that in some aspects we're comparing apples to apples. I don't know that it's fair yet to compare Robert Thomas to a Ryan O'Reilly. You know, uh, I, I don't know that it's fair to compare a Jordan Cairo to a Tara or a, a Jaden Schwartz yet. When you look at where they're at in their careers and where those other guys were, when they finally stepped in and won a cup, uh, even, even the leadership of an Alexander Steen and, and where he's at uh, and, and when, when things finally came together and they won the cup as a team. So, um, I don't know that the comparisons are always fair, but you are not dealing with the same level of experience and and drive with this current group as a whole that you had with that other group.
5: Curbs, thanks for reaching out this morning. We, I, I was going to text you and try to get you on. So uh, we appreciate you coming on early after a, a late night, and we know you've got a busy day ahead. We appreciate your time as always, and have a great one.
9: All right, you three, uh, we'll talk to you during the week. You Thank bet. you. Thank you, sir. That is
5: uh, the voice of the blues here on 101 ESPN, Chris Kerber. Coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line for take it or leave it, 314 399 964 314 Yo-ho! To you only next on 101 ESPN. You're
4: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Take it or leave it. Want to say something?
0: Or put it out there
5: The text line brought to you by Air Comfort Services is 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo! All right, kids, uh, here is the take it or leave it. Uh, so, the Blues, uh, way back in 2018, they fired Mike Yo, and they went on to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, take it or leave it, the 2023 2024 St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup. Oh. 2022 23? <laughs> 20, no, 23, 24, this year, this season. 23, 24. So it was November 20th that the Blues fired Mike Yo. Uh, it I is December 13th that they fired right. Craig Berube. Five that. years later. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, I'm going to have to leave that no. one. Leave that. Okay. They were worse the off when uh, they, they were in last place in January that year. Oh, yeah. Year. Right, Everybody they? thought they were dead in the water. I think they think that right now, too. Nobody thought they were going to win in 2019. I don't think anybody should think that this year either. No, Except
6: for Panger. I, well, I will never yep. forget, Panger actually predicted it. I had him on Blues Weekly, mm-hmm. and it was around January 1st, and they were in last place, and he said, I think that they're going to go on a run and win a Stanley Cup, and I thought he was absolutely mm-hmm. nuts.
1: He probably wouldn't say Somebody that this year. Somebody should say it this year, and let's see how it goes. <laughs> Um, So, you all know I'm a Warriors fan. I love the Warriors. Draymond Green, my guy, Mm -hmm. got ejected again last night. So, in his career, he's been ejected 18 times from a game. Mm -hmm. A couple of those ejections come from a uh, kick to the groin, uh, a chokehold. Last night was a forearm shiver. Take it or leave it. Draymond has a career in the WWE when he
5: retires. Well, I'm going to take that.
6: I'm going to take that.
5: Maybe not a career, but at least an appearance because he's going to wind up on TNT. He's going to do some great things. The the signature WWE.
6: move is going to be the chokehold. Kick hole. to the groin. Yeah. Oh, the gro- Yes. That's, yeah. the, that's yes. the move. Yeah. Total basketball move. <laughs> Total <laughs> basketball
5: move.
6: Yeah. Take it or leave it, guys. Uh Jordan Cairo will probably get booed this uh, I will next take
5: game. that. Yeah, I will take that.
6: And, I, and you know what?
1: I think it's unfair to blame one person yes. solely for the firing of Craig Berube. We talked about whipping boys a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago, last week, and who was the whipping boy of the St. Louis Blues. It, it, it is Krug. It is Cairo um, but this team collectively has is what got Craig Ruby fired. Yeah. It's not one person. It's not one play. It's the collective effort or lack thereof
5: but that has gotten Blues him fired. fans look for is for you to try hard.
1: Yeah, and they they and and again, <laughs> that's been and, but, my pet peeve all season but if long. If your
5: highest paid guy isn't uh, trying hard, then he's going to become. Randy, a what whipping if he boy. is trying hard? What if this is that's what, scary. What, he's a floater. what if what a, if
1: this is all he has
5: no that's that's impossible I, I mean, would hope not because he's he's a floater he's, he stands around He can at least skate everybody can move
1: their feet I just I think that they they have to I mean I, I've never been on a team where a coach got fired in season I told you all my coach coach Ron Turner got fired a few years after I left Illinois and I felt blame for it I wasn't even on the team but I felt like it was partially my fault because I didn't set up I didn't take I didn't do enough Mm -hmm. to prepare the people after me to make sure that they kept going and playing with the same energy and effort it was going downhill my senior year I saw it I saw guys coasting and not working hard in the weight room and not working hard in practice and, and it wasn't great
5: here's what some of these guys deserve they deserve to have Mike Babcock come in and start looking at pictures on their phones.
8: No! Yes. Well, there is uh, a
5: Babcock your phone. Yeah. on the team. Yeah, get <laughs> show me Let's see what's important
1: yep. to you. Mm. Uh, yep. uh, Nothing hockey that's, here. That's what they deserve. You got a lot of models on IG. Yep. I see that's important. Uh-oh.
11: Okay.
5: Yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All
12: right.
1: That's what they
5: Tighten this up, fellas. Let's tighten this up. Hockey. All right. Uh, Matthew, what do you got on the text line there? Let's do that hockey.
12: Uh, a, lot of, a lot of similar <laughs> thoughts. So let's dive in. Take it, Craig Berube was the victim of circumstance, but Doug Armstrong should have been the one who was fired. He's the one who traded away all the great players and fan favorites, and he's responsible for
5: multiple bad contracts. Ooh. Well, the last part is right. Uh, I don't know that he... Who did he trade away? Who was the the great player that he traded away? Now guy's left in free agency. Do but,
6: you count Ryan O'Reilly and
5: yeah, well, Tarasenko? Uh, yeah, but the the, the, the sad thing is, is that hockey has a salary cap.
6: Yes, I know. That's the thing. And that's the issue here is... There's a counter argument with the cap. Yeah. I still can't get over the Petrangelo thing, which that wasn't a trade, but.
5: No, but. The, the, and now, again, hindsight being 2020, but if Jordan Cairo's making $8 a year, and so is Robert Thomas, let's not leave him out of this conversation, and Petro would have stayed for eight with the no movement, what would you rather have? If you were going to make a trade, would you rather have Alex Petrangelo right now on your roster at $8 million or Cairo or Thomas? Mm. Yeah. I don't think I'd rather have Petro. Right? 100. Again, 2020 hindsight, but that that appears to be, and JR broke this down very well in his piece of The Athletic. If you haven't written read, read it yet, you should. Uh that was the first domino to where we are today. Yes, hundred percent. That was actually one of the text texts we got earlier. Uh take it or leave it. The
12: roster Armstrong has constructed does not match the personality of Baruby, hence the firing.
1: So I, I think <laughs> As a coach, first of all, those things should tie hand in hand. Who you bring in and your philosophy, your style, those things have to match. But as a coach, it also is your job to understand the players that you have and understand that if you got Nebraska's offensive line and and Lawrence Phillips and you don't have, you, you and Tommy Fredger, you're probably going to run the triple option. You aren't going to spread them out and try to throw the ball downfield 45 times a game. Understanding your personnel, understanding who you are, and understanding how you can win games and the best way for you to win games. So I, I, I think those two things go hand in hand. Now you should hire people. align with the philosophy of the coach, but if you have people that aren't, as a coach, your job is to get the most out of your players however you have to get it out of them.
5: And I'm going to take this, but I I truly do believe, and I don't think Doug Armstrong's off base, I just think that they don't have the talent. This has become, hockey used to be a hard work based league. The Mm -hmm. NHL You could win with, and the Devils did it for years, you could win with not spectacular talent if you were willing to work hard and play a system. That doesn't exist anymore. You have to have great talent now. When you look at the teams that are winning Stanley Cups, the ones that have won Stanley Cups since the Blues won in 2019, when you look at the Lightning, when you look at the uh, Colorado Avalanche, when you look at the Vegas Golden Knights, it is a talent-based league now. And you can't afford to have lesser talent and expect them to win. The, the Blues didn't have any MVPs in 2019. Now, when you look at Kucherov and you look at Stamkos and you look at Hedman in Tampa, or when you look at McKinnon and you look at Kale McCarr in, uh, in Colorado, or when you look at uh, Eichel and, and Petro, you, you've got and a guy like Mark Stone. You've got guys that are big-time talented players in each of those franchises, and the Blues don't have those guys.
6: Mm -hmm. And you even look at the change in the defensive structure this season, which was something they had to do, but you can change it all you want, but you can't force guys to have that fight and that will, Mm -hmm. that want to, and that's still missing this season.
5: It is. Yeah. It's it's just, it's a weird roster composition. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I I am going to leave it because I think at the end of the day, if you provide Craig Berube with competitive players, and when uh, code in hockey is we didn't have enough compete, that means we didn't try hard enough. Mm -hmm. If you provide Craig Berube players that try hard, then they're going to be fine. But when there isn't enough compete, that means they aren't trying hard enough.
6: Does that almost make you think now, looking back at this Shin, if you could, if you look that maybe the writing was on the wall with this, Shin's comments, does that kind of make it seem like Shin Maybe whether he knew or he didn't, kind of try to make it clear to people that there was something else going on, that this wasn't a coaching issue. He didn't say that in his comments. He really clearly pointed out this was a player issue. Right.
5: And by the way, Craig Ruby's going to go somewhere and he's going to succeed again. As we mentioned earlier, he didn't turn into a bad coach. Uh, he, he. As Kerry would say, he turned into a good coach with bad players. <laughs>
12: yes, <laughs> there's a perfect one to go out on. that take it or leave it. Firing Baruby is the first step of a new Bowman curse for the
5: Blues. Oh man! No, yeah, take it, take it. <laughs> I'm a Blues fan. Yeah, I got to take that. <laughs> yep. Gotta buy some black salt and a mirror and a bucket. A picture of Greg how
1: do we, how do we, oh, we got a sage. You got you to got walk sage, around like Kyrie yeah. 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 Did at the at the, what was it, the TD Garden? Just walk around with yeah. the sage? Miles Michaelis did it too for <laughs> the Cardinals. For yeah. Cardinals. Yeah. Uh-huh.
6: <laughs> do something, man. We got to sage it. Get there
5: early. All right. Yeah. So, Bring uh, your sage. We appreciate your texts. Uh, coming up, we're going to go into a dark place here. Was this a mercy killing or did they shoot a hostage? That's next on 101
11: ESPN Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
4: You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh
0: perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take.
11: Keep using those D zone face-off exits. We looked at them this morning here. You gotta rim it D, rim it hard, forwards, get out there, battle it out, make sure we gotta push the pace here. Trust your teammates out there to do their job, okay? Let's be aggressive, get on the puck. We don't have it, puck pressure everywhere. Get on them and be physical. Get to our forecheck as quickly as possible, and let's get on this defense right away hammer them get in there be physical make sure our second man's quick we talked about that ozone maybe climbing higher with their f3 shoot the puck and get to the net make hard plays support each other five man units in all three zones need numbers around the puck all night let's go boys pump it up here we're here for a reason because we're a good hockey team and we're gonna come home with a cup here tonight let's goal, Sonny Bo Perry Benner.
6: Let's go. Let's go. <laughs>
5: go. Oh, that's I as good as it gets. It.
6: I love that speech that's so much.
5: One of the all-time best. One of the all-time best. Wow. Uh, Craig Bruby fired. So, uh and the, the question becomes, and Carrie, you wondered this: was Craig Bruby last night just saying, uh, "Just get me out of here. Just get me out of here." You know, yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, it's. This yes, is no. Could it be a mercy killing? <laughs>
1: I. I if I had to sit there and watch players not do, Randy, I've done this. I, right, I, I have literally called a play and watched another play with my own two eyes and wonder what the hell is that? Like, what did I? Did I say something wrong? Did I misspeak? I, I've watched it, and it's it's easier on a high school level, right? Because, you know, these are young men that are, you know, they're trying their hardest. Some of them may go on to play college football. Some of them may never play football again. You can accept the mistakes on a a lower level when you're dealing with younger athletes. What you cannot accept is athletes that are being paid. That is, this is their job. This is their career. Mm -hmm. This is what you do for a living. And when they're not performing at the, when they're not doing the simple tasks that you work on every day in practice, that is not being trans, transitioned to a game, it can become frustrating. And and if I'm Craig Berube, I'm not saying that this is what happened, but I'm saying it possibly could be what happened. He said, you know what, this is not going to go in the right direction. I they, they are not buying into what I'm telling them or asking them to do. Get me out of here. I, I know it's going to happen eventually. Do it now instead of waiting on it. Just cut the cord, man. Just get it over with. Let's not pre- let's not pretend that we don't see the writing on the wall, as you said, Brooke. We mm-hmm. know what's going to happen eventually. So if it's going to happen eventually, it might as well happen now. Get it done with and let's get out of here because I cannot stomach. And you know what? If I have to sit here another night, I may be charged with assault. <laughs> because huh? there's no way in hell I'm going to well, sit on this bench and keep watching this nonsense. That could possibly be what took place last night around 11 11
6: p.m. (laughs) I'm sure. And (laughs) and Chief, I think he would definitely throw down. 100%. 100%. But you could tell that that frustration was there. And somebody from the 636, we were talking about writing on the wall, brought up this point. You saw the writing on the wall as soon as Army gave Thomas and Kairou an eight-year contract. You're not signing those style of players for that long and expecting them to fit with Barubi's philosophy. Army has been planning this change since last year. Do you, really, do you guys think that this is a change that was coming inevitably just this soon?
5: No. I didn't I, expect it. Uh, I didn't either. And especially last year when Armstrong told the players, hey, the coach isn't going anywhere. The players yeah. are, are going to go somewhere. I don't think that this was in the, in the works. I do think that there was may have been a time when the Blues took their time in giving Bruby an extension a few years ago, and Jim Montgomery was still on the staff. I think there Mm -hmm. may have been a time then where the belief was that the team wouldn't succeed to the level that it did, and there was a thought of perhaps promoting Montgomery. But I think now that Army had kind of bought in to what Bruby was doing. And so this brings us to the other uh, possibility here. Could have been a mercy killing, or uh, DeMarco it said that uh, this was one of the lines that they used to as a wake-up call, and it goes to criminals. Sometimes you got to shoot a hostage. Sometimes you got to to wake people up to make make them, make them know that you're serious. Yeah. Uh, if you're in a hostage situation, sometimes the criminals, the bad guys, do it. And maybe this is the ultimate wake-up call for this group of players because there were a lot of them, are a lot of them that appear to have a great deal of respect for Craig Bruby.
6: Could it be both? Is that a possibility yeah, here? It's possible, because that's what it feels like, right? I,
1: I mean, yeah, maybe, but I feel like I don't know that there's anything. If 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 your coach is, is telling you every single day, if the media is showing you, if you're watching the film and watching the tape and seeing yourself, what what? What brings you to do your job more than actually watching yourself on film and not doing your job? And Randy, Brooke, this is the the God's honest truth. Every player that has played at any level, when you sit there and watch film, you know the exact play and the exact (laughs) time of the exact situation. Two minutes before it's about to pop up on that screen, screen, and you are sitting there with a pit in your stomach, like, "Oh my God, please!" Don't <laughs> I don't, I know what I did, man. I don't need to see, but you know it. But a lot of your teammates have no clue of what took place yet. And so you're sitting there and that film is just clicking away and it's clicking and it's winding down to that moment where you just did what you know you did and you know it's terrible and you put it on film and you're watching and there's a feeling Inside of you, any player that has watched film that is listening right now knows exactly what I'm talking about. When you're sitting there watching that and you have to sit there and go through that Mm -hmm. and the the sheer embarrassment of your peers watching you perform in a way that is not what they are accustomed to seeing, Mm -hmm. if that doesn't get you motivated to be better, nothing will.
6: And that's the point, right, is that that's what makes – players special is if they can sit through that. Of course you don't like to sit through that, as you mentioned. It's a very painful experience, but some players will fold under that pressure and others will rise to the occasion and see that they need to do better. I feel like there's been times this season where players didn't step up. You know who did step up was Jake Neighbors, which is Mm -hmm. fantastic, but he's not the one who signed for that much money.
5: Yep. There is your uh I I guess that was our fresh take here on 101 ES It's uh, we're, we're fresh. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Good. That, that was fresh. Fresh-ish.
5: Yeah. And uh, by the way, if you think I'm thinking about like hostage situations around the world, if you think that I go there in my daily being, no, I think about sports. All I yeah. think about is sports. Okay. Mm-hmm. So just when you listen to me, think about... Randy thinking about literally everything in his life from a sports prism. I don't go outside sports, okay? So if you think I'm being insensitive or something because of a bank robbery that might have occurred in Belgium, I'm not thinking about that, okay? (laughs) I'm thinking about sports, and I'm thinking about analogies. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and if you don't like it, that's tough.
12: When I think Randy Carricker, I think belgian current
5: events there you go yeah it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just belgian. all in on that stuff so come on people uh and i know that 99 percent of you get it but for the one that ones that don't i just wanted to make that little explanation all right jeremy rutherford kind enough to join us next on 101 espn
0: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
4: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers news notes and nuggets
0: it's time for the rutherford report with our blues insider jeremy rutherford brought to you by scott lee heating company a proud mitsubishi electric elite contractor
7: Yeah, I think we should we you know if you look at uh, I'd love to get third place I think that uh, if you you know I think third might be an easier thing uh, to get than, than one of the two wild card spots so I, I think we should be competitive but uh, again it doesn't really matter what, what I think or what anyone thinks it's what we're going to do I, I think we should be competitive with, with the groups with that uh, with that. you know if you break the league into thirds I hope to be in, the, in competitive with that middle third and I hope to be at the top end of that middle third that's our goal going in
5: and- That's Doug Armstrong on October 11th. Two months later, he has fired his head coach. Craig Bruby, and Drew Bannister, the head coach at Springfield, has been promoted as the Blues interim head coach. That was a quote that was referenced by Jeremy Rutherford in a great piece this morning at The Athletic. If you haven't read it, you need to. JR was up late and gets up early to join us here on the opening drive. JR, first of all, thank you very much for joining us on, on a short night's rest. We do appreciate it.
10: Anytime, anytime. You guys are my favorite show in St. Louis from uh, 7 to 10.
5: Well, thank you very much. We appreciate oh that. Which is, I appreciate it. You know, just on
10: another one. So,
5: uh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's start with this. Your reaction when you got the word last night that the Blues had relieved Craig Berube of his head coaching duties.
10: Yeah, surprised and admittedly uh, a little shocked as well. Uh, I felt like the losses to Chicago-Columbus, might be the start of something. I did not know that that something would happen last night. Uh, I go back to the comment that you guys just played. You go back to asking Doug Armstrong that question back in October, is this a playoff team? And he said, I'd love to get third. Uh, He did say, I'm not as worried about the the standings as I am building a foundation for the future. And so as I tried to analyze this firing uh, last night, I, I kept coming back to the fact that this is a retool. You, you wanted this team to be competitive, but you understood if it wasn't. And why did Doug Armstrong make this move? We won't know until we hear his words today at 1030. He'll speak at Centene. But the one thing that he said is, I want to see the building and rebuilding of the foundation to get this team back to championship level. And obviously at some point, he felt that Craig Bruby wasn't the guy to take that team back to that level.
6: Well, and Jr., I was just looking at your article, and I love this quote that you have in there where it says, this was an executive issue and an execution issue, not a coaching issue. Why do you feel that way?
10: Yeah, because I have uh, I think I've been around for five or six coaches now, and I think with each of them before this one, you felt that, okay, I can see why the coach needs to go. This isn't working, this isn't working, and it's just not going to work uh, I felt with Craig Bruby in this situation, if you had to rank the three things, the general manager slash management, the players, and the coach, I would have Craig Bruby third on that list at the bottom in terms of being most responsible. Now, I completely understand when you look at certain aspects of the team, uh, the highs, the lows, the wins over Vegas, the losses to, to San Jose, Chicago, uh, Columbus, Uh, The power play, 7 for 63, the penalty kill is outscoring it. Uh, But I think when you look at this, the roster decisions that have been made the past few years, and I believe it starts with Alex Petrangelo, I feel like they've been chasing the roster ever since. And it's not a team, I think, that can be competitive because of those roster situations. And then you look at some of these players, Brooke, who aren't performing Jordan Cairo, we can talk about him uh, not having confidence. We can talk about the reasons, but he's got five goals. Uh, We can look at some of these veterans, too. Justin Falk, no goals. You know, some of these defensemen that are on long-term contracts that you can't move. So Craig Bruby does have a lot of areas where I think this team could have been better and maybe could have been coached better, but I think his hands are a bit tied because of the situations I just mentioned.
1: Jr., how does this team get back to championship level?
10: I think it's going to have to change out a lot of the roster. And I think that, you know, were we a month ago saying and and myself writing that this could be a playoff team if they played well? Yeah. And I I still think that that's possible. You know, you'll probably see uh, Coach Drew Bannister come in and he's a great guy, a great coach. And I think this could be a, a spark for the team. You know, we saw it with Edmonton. We saw it with Minnesota. But, Kerry, is it going to be real and can it last with this roster? You know, I don't think so. So we said that last summer was a very big one for Doug Armstrong in terms of what could he do to change things around it and make this group better, and he was unable to, in part because Tory Krug invoked his no-trade clause, which, you know, Doug Armstrong gave him that right with the contract. So uh, I think that it's going to be – more turnover of the roster to be able to get this team back to that level.
5: Jeremy Rutherford with us on 101 ESPN. One quick note, JR a Baseball Note, Ken Rosenthal reporting this morning that the Dodgers are discussing a trade in which they would get Tyler Glasnow, Emmanuel Margot from the Rays for young pitcher Ryan Pepio and outfielder Johnny DeLuca. This is at the Athletic, by the way. Financial exchange likely deal not complete. So Tyler Glasnow probably on his way to the Dodgers. Okay, you mentioned Drew Bannister, and we haven't brought him up much, but what is it that Drew Bannister would be able to accomplish here that uh, that Craig Berube could not?
10: Well, I think that, uh, first of all, it's going to be a fresh voice, and that is always uh, a trigger with players. You know, that helps a lot of guys when you have the fresh voice come in. Um, I also think that uh, he's a guy who's had staying power with the organization at the American Hockey League level. You don't see that a lot of times. I mean, this is a coach who's been with the team uh, since it's San Antonio days, I think in uh, COVID, they were in uh, Utica. Um, and and he was helping with that staff and then of course he's been to Springfield so he's familiar with the organization this is a lot like what Craig Bruby was when he came to the Blues as an assistant coach and then he was uh, promoted to interim and and then head coach he was uh, the minor league coach just like Bannister was really familiar with a lot of the young players uh, a good communicator and I think he's got a really good relationship with Doug Armstrong you know this is a guy uh, Bannister who's spoken regularly with Armstrong over the past uh, four years or so so you know. I think he's going to come in he's going to have the attention of some guys who have been struggling hoping that he can get them going and he's a good coach so you know I want to separate the two things here Randy and that uh, I think that this was a tough decision to see with Craig Berube as I mentioned I think there were a lot of other bigger issues but at some point you have to move on from that and Drew Bannister is going to be the coach and I think that uh, in terms of an interim coach until you settle on who your guy is going to be you know this is a good choice.
6: I just have to ask you, as we're just kind of reminiscing about Craig Berube and everything he's done for the Blues this morning. Uh, what was your favorite moment? I know that we played that speech earlier, Game Seven. I think a lot of people say that, but is there another moment that you really enjoyed of Craig Berube's?
10: Well, yeah, I think that uh, you know the speech has to be probably number one, and that was so interesting because uh, Brooke, I think I was sitting next to you in Boston for Game Seven up there mm-hmm. in the press box, and. And I don't know that we heard that speech, at least I didn't, until afterwards. You're just so busy with the game. And and so uh, sometimes, you know, my 10-year-old son will repeat the uh, the speech, but uh, we have to bleep out the, <laughs> the cuss words as Bruby got the team ready for the game. You know, I guess the one that's going to stick out for me, and there's plenty, um, but it's got to be the hand pass because we were waiting outside that locker room like like a herd of cattle trying to get in. And and uh, the game against San Jose, you have the hand pass that helps the Sharks win the game. And we go in the locker room and put the microphone in five players' face and ask them. And they all looked like they looked at us like we were silly, like we were mm-hmm. worried that that was going to hurt them. And so when, when all these players look at you uh, and tell you that it's no big deal, we're going to move on, you said Craig Bruby came into this room and said something. So uh, I'll never forget talking to Larry Robinson. That guy, you know, 10 Stanley Cups, he's been around the league as long as he's been playing hockey. And he said, I've never seen anything like that. That was a great show of leadership. And so when Larry Robinson says it, that's something that I think will stick here in St. Louis with a lot of people.
5: JR, great work at The Athletic. We advise everybody to go check out the piece that you wrote this morning on the heels of the Blues firing Craig Berube, and a great insight for us this morning. Thanks so much for getting up early. We do appreciate it, and we will talk to you soon.
10: Anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. Have you, a good day.
5: See you. You too. That's Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic. He's covered the Blues for years. I'm just trying to think of where, where Craig Berube is going to land to haunt the Blues.
6: To haunt the Blues. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
5: Where is he going to go? Um, where he will haunt the blues?
6: The wildfire, their coach, right?
5: Yeah, yeah. There you go.
6: Is that is that where we're going John here? Hines.
5: Although I don't think Hines is in an interim. Uh, mm. It's uh, there. There will be somewhere. Nashville. 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 Nashville.
6: I like how you added the vol. Yeah. Niche, it's important.
5: Uh, yeah. Well, there will be someplace. Oh, oh, oh.
6: Oh, did you find oh. it? Calgary, oh, yeah.
5: Is that, the, is that the landing spot for? There's going to be some place. Anaheim, they got a new coach. That's, there's going to be some place. Mm-hmm. Chicago, that's what I was thinking. It'll she be pretty quickly.
6: How quickly will he get hired elsewhere?
5: You want a Stanley Cup? I think that uh, I think he's got a ton of respect around the league, and he oh, is. Yeah. We, we think of him as old school because of the way the Blues play. But he's new school in his communication ability.
6: Yes, he really is. I think that a lot of people you see very much that Stern and even he doesn't have much to say sometimes mm. in his press conference. But he is very fiery, too, in his press conference. But he really is a great communicator. That story that Jr. just told us, that's one of, I mean, yep. many stories. Somebody pointed out another one of my favorites, the Carl Gunnarsson story at the bathroom. Yep, yep. Yeah, that, that's, there's yeah. so many stories well, with Craig Bruby and how great of a communicator he is. And
5: maybe Alexander Steen or uh, Schenner will tell the story about how he changed the culture of that team so quickly and so dramatically yes. when he took over in 2018.
8: Mm-hmm.
5: Because there were, there were people that wanted out. They, they, were, they were tired of 91. They didn't know where 91 was going to be on the ice. And the coach went to players and said, hey, check your ego at the door. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Just worry worry about what you're doing. And if we do that, then we have a chance to win a Stanley Cup. And the players bought in and won a Stanley Cup. So we're going to miss him. He's... Well, he's legendary in St. Louis. He's the first coach to bring a Stanley Cup here. He's legendary.
6: Do they retire a seat at the bar at OB Clark's for Craig Berube?
5: Or the Hive over here. No doubt about it. Yes. He
6: loved OB Clark's. I'm saying this like he's gone. But, I mean, he's gone from St. Louis. But still, I think you have to have, like, a little seat reserved for him at OB Clark's.
5: And by the way, if uh, Drew Bannister is the interim, and I know it's been a long time since the Blues hired Joel Quinville the first time. It was 1997 they hired him the first time. Uh but Joel Quenville has three Stanley Cups under his belt and he's speaking of Obi Clark's
6: <laughs> Was that his spot? Well, oh brother. <laughs> yeah. So
5: uh if if he can get back in the league, that that would not break my heart. Coming up, we've got the fight on one oh one ESPN.
4: to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn presented by dobbs tire and auto centers
1: welcome back to the opening drive i'm carrie davis joined by brooke brimsley and it is time for the fight and our fighter today is tom tom how you doing good carrie how you doing doing well are you uh ready to take on randy Carricker? Well, I made the text. I better be. All right. That, valid point, sir. <laughs> Here we go. With the firing of Craig Ruby, the Blues became the third team in the NHL to fire a head coach this season, the Minnesota Wild, and which other Western Conference team? Is it the Ducks, the Sharks, or the Oilers?
9: The Oilers.
6: Craig Bruby finishes Blues career tied with Joel Quinville for the second-highest points percentage in Blues history at 59%. Which coach has the highest points percentage with 65? Is it Mike Yo, Ken Hitchcock, or Scotty Bowman?
9: Ken Hitchcock.
1: On this day in 2003, the Cardinals completed the trade that brought Adam Wainwright to St. Louis. The Cardinals sent J.D. Drew and which other player to the Braves in that deal? Was it Kerry Robinson, Tino Martinez, or Eli Marrero? Eli Marrero. <laughs> Brooke was shaking her hand. No, I was like, what? what, what? No, 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 no. I was,
6: I was doing something on my computer. Sorry, it went asleep, and I was just trying to wake it up. <laughs> what? I wasn't telling you no. That, that would be bad. What was the Pittsburgh Steelers' original name at their founding? Was it the Pittsburgh Titans, Pittsburgh Packers, or the Pittsburgh Pirates? <laughs> there too many P's. <laughs> Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm
12: going to go with the Titans. All right, we will double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Character. Carrie, are okay, you going to double-check the score with me. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Right, I was
1: I was reading the question again. I, I'm sorry. I was just thinking. You were just uh, thinking? What yeah. were you thinking about? Tighten the F up, that message that you sent us yeah, over Yeah, tighten over the over... fun up. Tighten the fun up. There you go. You know what's not
6: fun <laughs> is this right now with the <laughs> That's the opposite
1: of fun. Tom, are you having fun?
9: Uh, I don't know. I'll tell you in about three minutes when Randy's done answers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a great way to uh, decide. I think you should have fun regardless, though. Randy is putting his headphones on. Randy, say hello to Tom. Tom, good morning. How are you doing? Good, Randy. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. Thanks. Tom's fun depends on your answer, so we'll see how, how well. His
5: fun depends on my answer? Yeah, I asked him was he having
1: fun. He said he'll know in three minutes after you oh, answer. Oh,
5: this is like very Tony La esque then.
1: <laughs> Tony, how you doing?
5: Ask me at 1030.
1: <laughs> there you go. Alright, Randy, here we go. Okay, let's do it. With the firing of Craig Ruby, the Blues have become the third team in the NHL to fire a head coach this season. The Minnesota Wild, which and which other Western Conference team?
5: Um, Minnesota Wild. Well, uh, last night, the Edmonton Oilers were on TV against the Chicago Blackhawks, and they, they fired uh, their head coach earlier, and now they've got on a seven-game winning streak. So I'm going to go with the Edmonton Oilers. Let's for the Blues. Yeah, that's rude. let's root. Let's go Blues.
6: Yeah. That's maybe. all it takes
5: is a coaching change.
6: Craig Bruby finished his Blues career tied with Joel Quinville for the second-highest points percentage in Blues history at 59%. Which coach has the highest points percentage with 65?
5: I believe that would be... The one, Ken Hitchcock. I believe I saw that last night.
1: Saw on, everything. Oh, this last morning,
8: night.
1: <laughs> on this day in 2003, the Cardinals completed completed the trade that brought Adam Wainwright to St. Louis. The Cardinals sent J.D. Drew and which other player to the Braves in that deal?
5: So Adam Wainwright, Jason Marquis, and Ray Berger King. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know if he loved that nickname, but it was pr- appropriate.
12: Gary knows how it. it is to have a nickname. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep.
5: Uh, for J.D. Drew and uh, Eli Marrero, who wound up coming back to the Cardinals, Oh, by the way. Uh, I'm going to go with Eli Marrero. Eli.
6: Mm-hmm. What was the Pittsburgh Steelers' original name at their founding?
5: Mm, good question. Okay, so uh, during World War II... Uh, There were not enough players to go around in the NFL. So the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Philadelphia Eagles merged for a time to be known as the Pittsburgh Steagles. You guys know that little bit of trivia? That That being said, the city of Pittsburgh was much like the city of St. Louis from 1960 to 19. 87 in having two teams in baseball and football with the same name I believe I believe that the Pittsburgh Steelers original name like their baseball brethren down the street were the Pittsburgh Pirates I think they had we had the New York Giants and the New York Giants we had the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Pittsburgh Pirates and we had the St. Louis Cardinals and the St. Louis Cardinals did we have any others I don't think we've had any others in the same city. Obviously, we've had Rangers Rangers in New York and Texas and uh, Winnipeg Jets and the uh, New York Jets, but I don't think we've had any others in the same city like we had for those three particular endeavors.
8: Do
1: Bears and Cubs count? No,
5: no. no, not quite.
8: <laughs> okay.
1: Not really good trivia
9: <laughs> question.
12: <laughs> a trivia question onto the trivia question. I like that. Hmm. I I'm to uh, find uh, it and see what I
5: can find. Pittsburgh Pirates is going to be my answer.
12: All right, this one was a very close fight, no tiebreaker today, but a one-question win. Was it Tom coming in on a Wednesday to knock off Megamind? Or does Megamind keep rolling through this week with a 3-0 record? Ring that bell.
0: Go crazy, folks! Go crazy! The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Character. <laughs> Just
12: win, baby. I'm so sorry, Tom. He beat you four to three. It was that last questions about the Steelers that got you. All right, it was still fun. Three questions is pretty tricky. Let's go through those questions and answers. With the firing of Craig Berube, the Blues became the third team in the NHL to fire a head coach this season following the Wild and the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Wild also ripping off some wins after their firing Mm -hmm. of Dean Evanson. Uh, Berube finishes Blues' career tied with Joel Quinville with a points percentage of 59%, the second highest in Blues history. Ken Hitchcock, 65% point percentage total for him. On this day in 2003, the Cardinals completed the trade that brought Wano to St. Louis it was in fact JD Drew and Eli Marrero in that trade in fact December 13th I, I, this is insane December 13th might be one of the most important pitching um, one of the most important days in pitching for the Cardinals since the year 2000 in 2002 this is the day they signed Chris Carpenter in 2003 mm-hmm. they got Jason Marquis and Adam Wade right in a trade and in 2017 they traded away Zach Gallen and Sandy Alcantara. Ooh. Wow. All just five huge pitching names all wow. in the same day That's awesome. across 20 years. Pretty insane. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they were founded in the 1930s, they did, in fact, just take that name from their brethren just up the street. They were the Pittsburgh Pirates up until World War II. Did you also know they uh, formed with the uh, Cardinals for a little bit? And they were they were so bad, they were called the Carpets. That's pretty yeah. good. That's how bad they were. Tom, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for joining the show and joining the fight today. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day.
5: Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Coming up on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk about the Blues firing of Craig Berube with our friend Jamie Rivers, the Blues analyst on Valley Sports and, of course, co-host of The Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Rivs next on 101 ESPN back
0: to the opening drive podcast on 101 espn
4: presented by dobbs tire and auto centers we are talking everything st louis blues as we head into
0: the blues booth presented by boardwalk hardwood floors a proud partner of your st louis blues find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at boardwalkhardwood.com
5: Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carriker, and to the celebrity line we go, and our friend and colleague, Jamie Rivers, who is the co-host of the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN, also the analyst for Blues Hockey on Valley Sports, joins us. Uh, Jamie, it's always good to talk to you, but these aren't the best circumstances. You have a great relationship with Craig Bruby. What was your reaction last night when you heard that the Blues had fired him?
3: Wow. Uh, I was shocked. I really was. You know, I was winding down the evening because the old Bally sports crew got the night off. It was an ESPN night, so I watched the game. And, you know, Randy, I'm not going to lie, I enjoyed a nice little bourbon before going to bed, and I thought everything was okay, and then all hell broke loose when my phone started ringing. And I was in shock, man. I'm not going to lie. I, I honestly did not think that this would happen nor did I think it would happen this early in the season as the team underperformed. I don't know. Like, what did we expect from this team? So, I, I don't know. I, I would, to answer your question, yes, I was very surprised.
6: Yeah, I think all of us were very surprised this morning. And you mentioned there that what was the expectation this season because we played the sound earlier. We had Tom Stillman in studio, and he admitted that this was not going to be an elite group. So, what is the expectation now after you fire Craig Berubey?
3: Yeah, I don't know, Brooke. Like, you know, when you, when you read the tea leaves, an Army is very calculated in the way he chooses his words at all times. He's a very intelligent man, and so he doesn't just say things to say them. And when he had brought up, you know, being a third-place team, or if nothing else, at least being in the middle third of the teams in the NHL, you thought, okay, well, this is what his expectations are. Well, guess what? The Blues are in the middle third of the NHL right now, and their coach just got fired. So... I, I don't know what the expectations were. I've been around the team for the last, well, month, really, on the road. And, you know, I'm not inside the locker room by any means. I'm not a part of the, the inner workings or the team meetings. But the the general overall vibe of the group has been frustrated when they lose. But it's not a frustration where you look at it and go, man, this team's about to implode. They need leadership really bad right now. So it, it's not like the writing was on the wall.
1: Jamie, we had the uh, audio from Braden Shen over the weekend where he was just saying it's not easy to get guys to drag them into the fight. They have to be willing and, and want to actually play and play hard every single night. What were your thoughts about that comment?
3: I applauded it, quite honestly. like How frustrated do you think Braden Shen has to be to be the only guy or one of the only guys on a nightly basis that is out there bashing into people he's the one that's dropping the mitts trying to get the guys going And like yeah the frustration is real carrie quite honestly you know this too yeah. like for me that would have been addressed in the locker room away from the media no somebody course. would have been grabbed by the collar and had a little talking to because like you just can't have a group of players that are satisfied with mediocrity like even if you're a mediocre team like i played on some bad teams don't get me wrong but as crazy as it sounds like, we never believed we were bad. Like, we thought, okay, <laughs> right. we're going to be okay. Like, at Christmas time, I remember playing for the Islanders. At Christmas time, we're almost mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Yet, we went on like a two or three game here before the break. And we're like, hey, there's a freaking chance, man.
1: It might <laughs>
7: like,
3: get in. Always got a chance.
1: Yeah. Jamie, I, w- I was telling these guys, as a player, you watch film of yourself, and there's a moment when you know you messed up on a play, and that play is coming up on film, and there's a feeling in your stomach, oh, we got to watch this, and everyone's going to see it. It's embarrassing. You have Braden Shin calling out your, your, your teammates. That's embarrassing. At what point does this team say, okay, enough is enough? Like you're talking about having that confidence and believing in yourself. What point do they say enough is enough? We got a coach fired. We're watching the film of ourselves. Our captain has called us out. When is enough enough for these guys to say, okay, we have to play and perform at the level that is expected of us as professional athletes?
3: Yeah, uh, I'll get to the latter part in a second. Let's start with the film thing. Oh,
1: please do because that's my – there's no worse feeling in the world, is it?
3: So here's what I'm going to say about film, because when I came into the NHL, like it was barely there. Once every blue moon, you'd have somebody who actually recorded the game. And it was a great thing because you can always say, you gonna say, no, nah, man, I had my guy. Nobody remembers. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden they came in with this, this VHS thing is what they called it. And, uh, all of a sudden, it was the coach's best friend and the player's worst enemy oh, because the moment you said I had my guy, he was standing all by himself for five seconds alone, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's
8: embarrassing.
3: <laughs> so I know that feeling well, especially when you see the play developing, and then you're playing, you're sitting there going, you're like, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. You just sink down coach, in
1: your seat, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. So that, that feeling is real. Now, to the second part of your question, you know, when is enough enough? You'd think it would have been there by now. Yeah. You'd think it would have been missing the playoffs. you think it would have been losing to the San Jose Sharks, losing to Columbus, losing to Chicago. Like I, I, At some point, the younger guys, or, or some of the supporting cast, we'll call it, has to step up. Because I th- I believe in Braden Shin. I do. I believe in Justin Falk. I believe in Colton Pareko. Like there's some guys at the top of the food chain that I truly believe in Jordan Bennington. I'm going to put him there as well. I believe in Robert Thomas. I do. I think that Robert Thomas is playing a very well-rounded game right now. Could the power play use a boost? Absolutely. But if you look at his overall game, I would say I'm happy paying him $8 million right now, because I believe I'm getting pretty close to the best out of him. Now, when you work your way down the food chain from there, are there guys that are meeting expectations? No. There's a lot of guys who are not meeting expectations from a, you know, uh, an output offensively to an effort. And it's just, I don't understand it. You've had calling outs. You've had roster changes. Now you have arguably tied for first in popularity for Blues head coach in history. And that would be Joel Quenville, and Craig Berube. I don't remember Scotty Bowman, you know, that's way before my time, but Scotty, I know Scotty, he's not that popular of a guy. Mm -hmm. Okay? Like, he's a great coach, but he's not all that popular of a guy. So now you've you've fired one of the best coaches, and certainly the most successful. Not record-wise, but he won a damn cup. Nobody else won a cup.
5: Jamie, uh, to your point, we have a Twitter poll up, 1,800 votes. Uh, what do you think of the Blues firing of Craig Bruby? Good move, 8.6%. Bad move, 91.4%. That's a pretty representative uh, group of people, 1,800, to uh, define what you just said, that it, Berube is very popular. Remember on opening night, who got, of all the people with the Blues, who got the biggest yeah. ovation? It was Craig Bruby. He got a, a louder ovation than any player on that team. He was great with you guys in the fast lane uh, every weak and honest and a great communicator with the players and i'm with you i i look at a, a team where the poho the president of hockey operations said i'd be happy in that middle tier i look at the the chairman coming on this show and saying we aren't going to be elite We're, we we probably aren't going to be among the best teams so what was their expectation and we'll find out at the press conference what was their real expectation because they are where they said they planned to be
3: yeah, I agree. And I saw your poll, Randy, on Twitter. I voted. I'm not going to tell you which way. I think you can figure <laughs> it out. I think we can. Um, <laughs> yeah, And uh, I just look at it as a couple of ways. One, you know, who better than someone like Craig Berube to be a part of the turnaround here? That's, that's just the way I look at mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, and, and the second part of it for me on a personal level is I played against Chief a lot as a hockey player, and I respected the crap out of him for so many reasons. I never feared Chief, not because he wasn't tough, just because I knew he was an honorable player. He wasn't coming after guys without reason. He wasn't cheap-shotting guys on a regular basis. Like You kind of knew what he was about, and then that translated into his coaching career to where there are really no hidden agendas when you talked about Craig Berube, and he was amazing with the media. You know, it's been a very short career for me so far in the media. But from the day I came on board, he's been incredible in every aspect of it, available for radio, even when they're losing, available for TV, available in the middle of a game to talk to me standing beside him on the bench when they're down by three goals. Like, who the hell wants that, right? Like, Hmm. But he he was a professional. He was a good dude. He's a stand-up guy. I'll tell you this, Randy. Uh, Craig Berube will be... A free agent for as long as Craig Bruby wants to be, mm-hmm. which means by tom- by tomorrow he could have a head coaching job if he wants it, and whoever wants him after that, like he's available, he will be hired very quickly.
5: Yeah, no, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Rivers, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it, and we'll hear you this afternoon with uh, with Anthony on the fast lane, and we know that you'll have a lot more on this. Yeah, you got it, guys. Thanks a lot for the call. All right, brother. Thanks. That's Jamie Rivers. Our co-host colleague from the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN you have weighed in big time with your mic drops and the next segment is going to be completely dedicated to those here on 101
4: ESPN
0: you're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN
4: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers
5: All right, your mic drops at 9.04. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Let's start with Dev here on 101 ESPN.
2: I really thought the Cardinals and Blues front offices were different, but after, especially after not re-signing Petrangelo and now the fighting of Berubi, the Cardinals and Blues front offices are exactly the same, completely mismanaging the team and taking any sort of talent and ability that we had to make the playoffs and just completely ruining it. Interesting take.
1: Uh, I mean, first it's hard to, it is hard to win a championship. Let's start Mm -hmm. there. Like putting together the pieces of the puzzle, everyone gelling and meshing and doing their job effectively. And at a high level every single night, that's a tough task, but it is your job and Mm -hmm. your job is to find players, sign players, uh, draft players that can come in and, and, put it all together and unfortunately, you know, this roster and and now the the head coach is being fired, it it, it has not gelled well these last these last few years of Blues hockey. Last season and this season have not been great. With all of the the trade speculation up until the trade deadline and then that happened, it's it's been tough.
6: Yeah, I I think that also a big difference is going to be the cap, right? Because the NHL literally (laughs) kind of holds you back in that regard. I didn't like a lot of the moves. I still do believe this all goes back to Alex Petrangelo and finding a way to keep him here because of all the other corresponding moves that have not worked out since then. Right.
5: And, Dev, if uh, Doug Armstrong walks to the podium at 1030 and says, I had philosophical differences with Craig Ruby, then we can buy in. Oh, God. Uh, Joey is next.
13: I think the Blues just made the biggest mistake they possibly could have. I mean, go back a couple years ago. They were a goalie injury away from winning their second Stanley Cup, and that's the coach taking the team that far. That's not the GM that didn't really put much of that team together. I I mean, Barubi's not the one that left uh, Petrangelo to walk or traded away Barbashev. I I mean, the cap goes up next year, right? He better – find find that fire and feel the pressure and sign some guys, and they better go on some sort of run. Otherwise, then I don't see how you keep Army
5: past next season either. Thank you, Joey. And one other point to be made here. When COVID hit, the Blues had the best record in the West, if not the best record in the league. So that might have been another cup, too.
6: Yeah. My whole thing, though, is what kind of run are they going to go on? And I know that we just talked about the Wild and the run that they went on after the firing of their coach, but still – I don't really know what to really expect from this moving forward because we keep talking about this. If the expectations were already kind of low or better yet, middling mm-hmm. going into this season, what does this change? Because they were right there. They were, Ruby was ex- executing exactly what they had expectation wise for this season.
5: Yeah, great point. And there are limits to what this group of players is capable of or what they're capable of wanting to do. And uh, that's got to be recognized. Sure. Uh, what's uh, Drew Bannister our new guy yes he, he might come in and uh, they might win a few games but is he going to get those players that have consistently not performed for Craig Berube to perform
1: it- that's a, that's on the player <laughs> like it, it, this is what Order, I,
5: there might be. those players might just be inherently limited and
1: maybe Berube was getting the most out of them. That's what I said they, that might be all that they have to give there might not be anything left in the tank that they had, there's no extra left to, to put out, it's just it's who they are, it's what they've shown, it's what they've put on film thus far, so you would have to assume
5: that's who they are. Let's get to James next on 101 ESPN. And man what a kick in the ass to Blues fans what a classless, flippin' organization the Blues are. I had so much respect for this organization, but they suck. Twelve days before Christmas, I mean, come on. Should have given the players the rest of December off. They aren't worth a
6: stink. <laughs> I
9: was worried there. I was worried there. I was, I was I know worried we're if gonna... <laughs> you had to edit
6: or cut anything. Oh, oh. Oh my, so he basically said that the Blues gave us coal for this yeah. holiday season. <laughs>
5: Yeah, the Blues did fire a coach actually on Christmas Day one year.
6: Oh, that's depressing. This
1: is why yeah. I—we'll I, we'll get to the the audio from uh, Army that we mm-hmm. had last—was it last season? or, or yeah, last this, season. Last yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is why I think Craig Berube was—not uh, that he quit, but he just said, you know what? I, this is—enough is enough. Like, how much more can you pour into adults— and them not respond in the mat. adults that are being paid to do a task it's one thing if you're volunteering like if mm-hmm. you're being if you're a volunteer you go okay this guy's okay but if you're being paid X number of dollars I don't care if it's eight million or if it's eight hundred thousand or if it's eighty thousand if you're being paid to do a job, and you aren't doing it, and your boss, your manager, is continuously having to ask you over and over more, 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 and you're just like, nah, I'm mm, cool. <laughs>
5: like, what, what, what
1: do you want from yeah. me?
5: What more do you want from me? Right. Uh, let's go to Matt, who's got a mic drop for us here on 101 ESPN. This is asinine. Chief didn't make this roster. Chief didn't let Petro walk. Didn't let Barbashev walk. Didn't let Perron walk. Didn't fail to protect Vince Dunn at the expansion draft. Baruby didn't give Falk and Krug those contracts. Baruby didn't sign Nick Letty to another awful contract. Didn't extend Jordan Cairo for $8 million a year. Chief's the scapegoat here. This is the fourth coach that armies had to fire midseason. And at what point do we start looking at him? It, it, this is a bad day for St. Louis and a bad day for the Blues.
6: 100%. This is a terrible day for St. Louis. And just based off of all the reactions, I think a lot of people can surmise that this was not the right decision. This is not. This is a huge mistake. Craig Bruby is going to go to another team and do really, really well because he does get the most out of his players. And when we were talking earlier with Curbs about did he lose the room, I asked that question in regards to that's what we're trying to figure out why this happened because the expectations, as we mentioned, he has matched that this season mm-hmm. with what the ownership and with what Doug Armstrong were saying. So what else is going on here? I don't think he lost the room. He might have lost the ear of a couple of players, but <laughs> what what else can you do about that?
5: He lost talent.
6: That's yeah. that, Ultimately, he did lose He was talent. a coach
5: that had talent, and he lost talent. Yeah. Uh, let's get to uh, is this Matt next, uh, yeah. or was that Matt? Uh, uh, we're gonna get Randy, not me, but somebody else that uh, offered us a mic drop. I think this is a 100%
13: Doug Armstrong problem. Berube's the fall guy, just like the coaches of the Cardinals have been for John Mozeliak. Load the team up with bad contracts, middle-of-the-road talent,
5: and make poor personnel decisions, and then fire the coach for it. It, it, it is not going to change by making a coaching change.
13: It's not. I know we can go back to 2019, but you basically got saved by a hot goaltender in 2019 and a prime
0: Ryan
5: O'Reilly. You don't have that now. And it you know, we used to have a saying about the Rams, you know, same old sorry Rams. Well, I have a feeling we're we're in for a stretch of historical Saint Louis Blues. That would be bad, but <laughs> it also would be fitting. Because that is the Blues history. By the way, latest on the poll, at Randy Carricker on X, formerly Twitter, what do you think of the St. Louis Blues firing of Craig Berube? We have more than 2,000 votes now. Uh, good move, 8.3%. Bad move, 91.7%. And as we know... Twitter is a guide for the way America feels. It's really exactly. how it's
8: yeah. a, this is the answer
1: <laughs> to all questions in life. Yeah, if they say it on Twitter, then it's true. Yeah, so don't <laughs> question it's us. Right. It's real,
6: yeah. right? Yeah. Everything's real on yeah, Twitter. Everything. X. Yeah. I
1: just like to call it Twitter. I want. Does Elon get mad when you call it Twitter? Probably. No, the,
6: yeah, probably. Just,
1: yeah, Elon probably
5: does. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah, they just call it Twitter. Yeah. So those, yeah, let's keep calling it Twitter. That'll go. be fun. <laughs> Good. All right. During the, this show, <laughs> we're going to talk to our friend John Yule. We don't know if we're going to have you, man, in the next segment or at 930. Uh, he's, there, there's a great event that is going to honor John Yule coming up in February. We're going to talk to him about that. Uh, and he may be in next, if not, some interesting comments from the past from Doug Armstrong here on The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN.
4: You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke, Kerry,
5: and Randy, the Blues have fired. Head coach Craig Berube and Drew Bannister will take over as the Blues interim head coach tomorrow night when the Blues host the Senators. It's a 6 o'clock pregame and a 7 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. Really interesting and obviously things change over the course of a year. This was last November. Doug Armstrong meeting with the media after a Blues slow start and An inability to, it would appear, get players motivated to give their best on a regular basis. And as Army met with the media, this is November of 2022, this is what he said about the situation.
7: I don't want to overreact, but we certainly can underreact too. And one of the things I told the players that if this continues, you know, in my 30 years of watching the NHL, it's going to be okay. Well, then what happens? The coach. Well, I told the players the coach is not going anywhere. Uh, because the coach came from the American Hockey League, where he coached young players and made them better, and he coached veteran players and, and made them win here. So he he can do both. So uh, so he's going to be here. I, I believe in the coach. I believe in the system. And it's this isn't a system issue; it's a competitive issue, and we have to we have to rectify that. And I do say. I do believe in the group. Uh, That's a very self-serving thing to say because I put the group together. uh, And ultimately, it's my responsibility to to judge
5: what they do. So what has changed in a year plus? Young players, Craig Berube coached in the American Hockey League and made young players better, coached in the NHL and made veteran players winners. I believe in the coach. I believe in the system. This, that's just a year ago. I I have trouble believing that Craig Ruby, as a coach, regressed that much. What was the date on November second of twenty twenty two?
1: Twelve months, thirteen months ago. Yeah. The the interesting he, he said it's not a system issue; it's a competitive issue. That could have been December twelfth, twenty twenty three. Now you could have mm-hmm. used that for any point up until now in this season. It's a competitive issue. If you got guys, and l- how much has really changed from last season to this season? You lost a few players and, and you sent a few older guys away. You kept some of the younger guys. But the, the, the main core is still here, right? The issue is a competitive issue. That's problematic. That's, those are the guys on the ice. I shouldn't have to beg you to compete hard every single night I shouldn't have to beg you to do your job at a high level that should be something that is internal and you wake up in the morning and say I'm gonna compete my ass off of my guys that are next to me and if you're if not you're not going to win many games.
6: Exactly. I mean, you can change the defensive structure. We were talking about that earlier. You can change the defensive structure, which is something they did, but you can't force the fight and the want to and the will in the guys there. I mean, if you think, even look at last night, Tori Krug in those situations, he was right there, and he didn't even tie up, I think it was either Jake Wallman or Robbie Fabry. He was right there. He was in the right position but didn't execute properly, and that's something not just Tori Krug, but we've seen that several times this season from multiple players where the effort is not consistent and that's exactly what Braden Shin your captain said this past weekend and he probably didn't know and isn't nobody knew that this was coming but the fact that Braden Shin said that this past weekend where he made those comments I think it's very telling that he wanted to make sure that people knew that there was something going on specifically in this room where the intensity level is not consistent from players
1: as a player you know you know that you're not performing well enough and somebody's going to lose their job because of it. Yeah. It's no, this is professional. This is what you do for a living is no confusion. There is no misunderstanding. I've had coaches literally tell me, I tolerate you all until I can replace you. Our job is to find someone to replace you every day. Your job is to not allow that to happen. As a coach, your job is to make sure guys are doing their job, and if they aren't, it's not always your fault. But eventually, someone has to get fired because of it, and that's just sports.
5: And here's the thing. Craig Ruby can say that to uh, Jordan Cairo, and Jordan Cairo can say, fine, try to replace me. I'm making $8 million a year for the next seven years. Tori Crew can say, you know what, fine, try to replace me. I'm making $6.5 million for the next four years. It's different when the guy has an absolutely guaranteed contract and isn't beholden to go anywhere coaches can say anything they want but ultimately in the sports with guaranteed contracts if the players want the coach out they can get the coach out
1: well your best players have to be in the same mindset you look at tim duncan and the and the san antonio spurs Mm -hmm. he's the best player he's the hardest working player greg popovich can get on him and if i can get on tim duncan guess what? Robert Ory, you're probably mm-hmm. going to pay attention. Yeah, everybody else, Sean Elliott, yeah, you're going to pay attention. Like it, it, you're going to be dialed in because your best player right. is dialed in. If your best player is not bought in, or whoever is considered your best player, if they aren't all aligned, you're not going to have a good team. There's going to be a there's going to be a fraction in that team trying to figure out who is the
5: actual leader of the team. But Kerry, one of the things you see. Some players doesn't matter what they're making. They're gonna give everything they yes. have all the time, right? Yes. Other mm-hmm. players doesn't matter what they're making either. They aren't going to give their all all the time. And I would say that one of the things that Craig Bruby has been an abject failure at in the last four years is defining what players to play because you need to study their work habits, you need to study their desire. You need to study how much they love the game. And he admitted last year. We all know that he was talking about Cairo when he talked about the 18 second YouTube clip versus mm-hmm. the 18 minutes a night of playing hockey. And they, there are multiple players, they, and Verona was a bargain. They they hoped they could get something out of Verona, but it's, it's, it ain't going to happen with him. Uh, there's a reason that Kasperi Kapanen has bounced around the league after being a first-round draft choice. Pittsburgh, Toronto, Pittsburgh, St. Louis on waivers. There's a reason that these things happen, and it's because the players aren't consistent enough with their effort. And that's something that needs to be studied before you give a player a bunch of money.
6: And there, there needs to be player-to-player accountability right now. And maybe that's what part of this move is, is that okay, well, your play is what got your head coach fired. And mm-hmm. that's a clear message right now. But the solution right now is in this room. It's in that locker room. has nothing to do with the coaching. The solution is in that room. These players holding each other accountable. I think Braden Shin has been trying to do that. I think that other leaders in that room have been trying to do that. But it needs to be all the guys coming together and buying it and understanding that message. And
5: here's my fear, and I think it's a valid one is Drew Bannister walks into that room today and says, Boys, you got a good man fired and you should be ashamed and you need to play hard and they might play hard for a week.
1: <laughs> or they might say, What the hell are you talking about? We yeah, who didn't do you? nothing.
5: Yeah. Hey,
1: man, listen, I, I I think one of you should never have to question somebody's work ethic or their their ability to to their 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 will to do their job. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to question. I can nope. I can question your talent. This guy might not be good enough. This guy might not be you know as talented. But he's gonna bust his butt every single day to make sure we're in the best position. If I have to question your work ethic or your will or your spirit every time you show up, we we, we like Jamie said. This is probably something before before I go to the media and say something. I'm probably going to grab that player and say, "Hey man, this ain't good enough. Mm-hmm. It, it's mm-hmm. not." I, I give you an example. We played the San Diego Chargers in the divisional round, and I dropped a pass on third down. I got stopped on fourth and goal on the one yard line, and I'll never forget. Potsy, James Ferrier, and and Larry Foote came and sat, I was in the training room getting some treatment, and they came and sat on opposite sides of me. and Say, "What's up, man?" come on, man, we need you. Like, we need this. And so, again, the next game was the AFC Championship game. First play of that game, I knocked someone mm-hmm. out. It was Literally. It was glorious. Knocked him out because there is no way in hell I'm going to let Larry Foote and James Ferrier down when we are trying to win a championship. Knocked them out. And then on third down in that game, picked up a crucial third down late in the third quarter to make sure we kept the drive going. Mm-hmm. That's what good teammates do for one another, and that's what good teammates do to make sure that that player is on the same page. I'm not letting those guys down, and that's not going to
5: happen. Kerry, and this is a big societal thing. You were exhibiting personal accountability. Yes! And it's a societal problem now. Personal accountability is a huge societal problem, even in the sports realm.
1: In, In every part of life. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Accountability is a, a word that most people can't speak.
6: Exactly. I mean, you even see it on social media all the time where people just say things and it could be completely wrong or they are in the wrong. And they'll just be like, no, nope. they're just going to stick with their point either way. Right. Holding yourself accountable is not fun to do. It's very hard to do, but it's the right thing to do.
5: Yep. So uh, you blues players... You know who we're talking about when when you're listening. Uh, that is Brooke. That is Carrie. I am Randy. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Uh, you man is supposed to join us. Do we know uh, Matthew? Have you seen him around? He's going to be with us next on 101 ESPN. You're
0: back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN,
4: presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
5: And Randy, one of the things that I've said ever since uh, our company, Hubbard Radio, bought a couple of MS stations several years ago, that one of the great honors of my career has been to work in a studio right next door to John Hewlett, who has (laughs) done such magnificent work at Casey for years. And uh, U-Man joins us in studio now, along with Ron Stevens, who hired John Hewlett in 1976 at Casey. And Uh, lived to tell about it. Yeah, And lived to tell about it, yeah. Uh, you, man, thanks for stopping by, Ron. Great to have you
13: with us. How you guys doing? Good, good. good. Uh, thanks for having us today. Uh, uh, Ron, Ron uh, got me involved in a little project here that I, I didn't think that I ever would be involved in. I didn't and, think you'd
2: say yes. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. That amazes
13: me. And so, I mean, first of all, I don't see myself as that interesting of a person. So, so you know, to, to have a stage show that uh, kind of centers around my career and my life is... Something
5: I'm getting used to. It's amazing. It's called Love, Death, and Other Scary Things. This Actually, be Life, Life, death, Yeah. Death, okay, I've got Life, I, is, life, life is a scary. No, that, that was my yeah. typo. I was okay, sorry. Good. <laughs> Love, Death, and Other Scary Things. Uh, February 29th at the Sheldon. Tickets on sale at MetroTix.com, and you can get details at kc 95com Ron, I want you to start with this. Tell us about the day that you hired John Hewlett. Um, He actually turned the
2: job down twice. (laughs) (laughs) He came highly recommended. He was 19 years old, working in Jefferson City, gets an offer to work on the number one rock station in St. Louis, the giant KG95. He goes, eh, I don't think so. (laughs) Turns it down twice. The third time I call him and I ask him, John, I mean, you know, a couple days would go by, some meetings with the boss, my boss. He's not taking the job. We need this guy. We want him. Great voice. So I call him and said, John, why are you turning this job down? And he says, my mom doesn't
13: want me to take it.
2: Oh. <laughs> he, he throws his mom under the bus. Yeah. You know, I, I said, it's, she didn't want
13: me hurtful. to uh, take yeah. a job at a, at a drug hippie station. So. <laughs> and he outlasted all of us. Here it is 47 years later, yeah. he's still there. Well, I was supposed to report on May 24th but I was playing softball with my buddies in Forest Park, and I broke my leg. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't even show up the first day that I was supposed to be there. And I think Shelly Grafman, who ran the station at the time, said to you, well, if you can't show up for the first day of work, Get somebody yeah, else. He did, and, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. Ron got me over that hump too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you still owe me, pal. <laughs>
6: so is this kind of like a little bit of a preview of what we can expect from the show, or what is a little hint of what we could expect?
2: Well, because it's about life, death, and other scary things. We John's re- supposedly retiring. He still shows up here. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It. I see him all the time. But, yeah, I don't know how this works, <laughs> but uh, you know, he's at that stage in his life where he's starting to think about. Uh, things are changing in his life. What am I going to do now? What was my life for? What purpose did it serve? Uh, Should I just sit back and not do anything? Of course, John would never sit back and not do anything. But he's going through what everyone goes through at that age. And he has thousands and thousands of listeners, radio listeners and sports fans in St. Louis who have grown up with him that are experiencing these same feelings. So we're going to sit down and have a serious discussion about this. But of course, we have to entertain at the same time. So there's a challenge there. We'll have a lot of surprise guests. We'll have celebrity guests. And um,
13: anything can happen. Yeah, hopefully some laughs.
1: Do you have a, a, a... like, were you, were you hesitant to do this? You said you're not, you didn't think you're that, you know, that people want to hear about you. Were you hesitant to, to be a part of this and decide, oh, I guess maybe people will want to hear from me?
13: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, anytime you're involved in something where people have to buy tickets yeah, to, you go, hmm, I don't know, this could be real embarrassing. So if you're out there and you're thinking about buying tickets or maybe not thinking about buying tickets, buy them, okay, and, and keep me from uh, suffering the embarrassment of nobody wants to know what's going on in my life. Right, no. right now uh, is a good time but, for Christmas gifts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah there you go. Yeah. And if you're, if you're listening and you're on the younger end of things right now, you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever, and that just d- doesn't sound interesting to you. It might sound interesting to your parents mm-hmm. who grew up with me, you know, and, and listening yeah. to the radio station and might want to know some of the inside stories
5: that I've never told on the air because I couldn't you know <laughs> yeah. so you man i've never asked you this and it might be a tough question but in all these years rock and roll i'm going to let you have one album all the other albums have to go away yeah john eul's favorite all time album Yes, close to the edge. It is. Wow, yeah, that's always
13: been my favorite.
2: I'm yeah. going to ask him. I'm the night of the show when I bring him on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play his walk-on song. Nobody knows what John Hewlett's walk-on song is, and he's played every Cardinals walk-on mm-hmm. song. It's what well, in the last how many years? years? Yeah, well, no,
13: I haven't played him in the last 15 years, but I did for a long time when we yeah. first started doing recorded music for for walk-up songs. I was the person involved in that. Yeah, yeah.
5: and this is a great thing that people might not be aware of i think the best walk-up song was welcome to the jungle for big mac and he didn't pick it right no he didn't pick it it was uh tony simakitis who's still my boss
13: down there he and i were just talking and we said what about this one and they said, okay, let's just try it. And we started doing it, and he didn't care. I think I think Tony went to him later on and said, what do you think of the walk-up song we got for you? And I don't think he even knew what <laughs> it answer, was. You know, he was
2: not even involved,
13: you know. Hey, John, he was, did
2: you ever tell the story yeah. about the time you uh, got
13: everybody's, like, three names in a row wrong because you were distracted? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that, that was embarrassing. Yeah, that was my first year. I was one batter off for, like, five batters in a oh. row. <laughs> and, and, and the umpires and the batters were stepping out of the box oh. and looking up and raising her hands
5: and I didn't even know what that meant because I was I was new I don't know you know Aww. that that is excusable on Jackie Robinson day
13: well, yeah, thank We're you. On. Yes, 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 yes. No yes. <laughs> Love Jackie everywhere. Robinson. Love J. R. Very important, of course, to the history of Major League Baseball. But on that day, if you're the PA announcer and you're trying to identify hmm. players on the other team, <laughs> oh, forget man. it. Yeah. Ain't gonna happen. Uh, you know, we can do the Cardinal players because yes. you kind of know their body, the yeah, way they walk. Right, right. You know who, you know how they kind of look. But uh, the opposed, they should just put the real number, like on the pant, on the front of the pant, or something. That's or, a good idea. Or, or yeah. on the sleeve, you know, where yeah. you can at least, you know,
5: identify the player. But yeah. So I, I'm assuming. Ron that you'll have a, a framework here is this going to be scripted or you oh, Not well, no, definitely not scripted but okay. yes
2: a framework there's for example there's a, a category called uh, face the DJ because he has worked with so many high profile radio personalities through the years here in St. Louis mm-hmm. I've invited many of them to come and say something to him that they've always wanted to say but never really <laughs> had the guts to <laughs> <it>. <laughs> oh, in other be... words just an excuse to roast the guy if, you uh, know, yeah. he's going to get five minutes on stage there'll be some surprises there
5: Yeah. And you and I have talked about this before. You you think about a career, and uh, you may have had the longest DJ career in America, right? Uh, Yes. From the start of your career until you're you're still working. Right. Yeah. I'm still
13: actually. Full-time, but, yeah. uh, you know, working part-time.
5: Was there one guy that was close, like, in Cleveland or something, Chicago? Uh, uh, I want to say, like, Philadelphia, Okay, maybe. but you had the—with yeah. one station, from start yeah. to finish, you, yes. you yeah.
2: have the longest tenure. That's amazing. That's yeah. for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think it, Mark Close is right behind you.
13: No more. Oh, no, he's changed stations. He, he's changed, yeah, he's changed right. station yeah, yeah. a bunch of times. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, as far as true. being still on the air and stuff, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. But not at the same station. But yeah, I mean, you know, and and you stop and you think. I, I stop and think about the different eras. The, there was the seventies. There was the eighties when Jay Corcoran came in, and, and and that was exciting. And then there was the nineties. Well, was exciting over at X, by the way. No, no, that was <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's something we'll talk about on the show, on the stage. The the hardships that came out of that uh, that that time period with. uh people that I really respected in the business at that time who were working at Camelix. Yeah. yeah. We'll then, tell that story. Like, like you say yeah.
5: move on to the 90s, there are really yeah. distinct eras of KC95. That's right. Yes.
13: And in and then the 2000s, uh, you know, we we had a syndicated morning show for a long time, Bob and Tom, and I I worked the local angles in that and that wasn't really fun, but uh but but uh, uh then they went away and then I, I did the morning show with Learn for 8 years and and that was that was the longest Local running morning show in the history of the radio station, that eight-year oh, wow. period. with, learning. And that was just downright kinky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was Come a on. young girl, an older man. <laughs> old no, man, uh, yeah, really. That was weird. It was weird. It was no yeah. doubt. But, but we embraced that weirdness, you know. We made it fun and funny and had a great time yeah. doing it, you know, so yeah. it, it, it worked. Well, yeah. it's,
5: it's going to be awesome to see you up on stage again at the Sheldon on February 29th. Life, death, and other scary things. Tickets available at metrotix.com. And Ron, like you said, a great Christmas present. Great stocking yes. stuffer.
2: Yeah. Thank you,
5: Randy. Yeah. So yeah, please true. do that. Yeah. I did
1: have one question for you. Yeah. So th- this may be like picking your favorite child, but if you were say <laughs> DJ and Casey or PA
2: announcer for the Cardinals, which mm-hmm. one? Oh, mm-hmm.
13: PA announcer for the Cardinals. Really? Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he I, says that in this building. <laughs> yeah. wow. uh, it's just it's uh, just it's easier. I mean, okay. you know, because it's it's it might sound like a complicated job or a difficult job, but. Uh, it's really not that difficult, okay. and, and I and I have made a lot of good friends there. And it's a, it's almost like you know in the room that we're sitting in now with all the different people who run all the different aspects of, a, of the organist is next to me, and 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 uh, the guy who plays the music, Dave Machidas, is next to me, and, and and it becomes like a a, a party atmosphere mm-hmm. almost every night. You know, we're just laughing about different things and having a good time. Gotcha. So it's and then of course when they win, every time you show up there, you 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 know you have a positive feeling of what could happen that night. And then we had the peak of what I feel is my career so far and probably a lot of folks who's ever worked down there, game six of the 2011 oh, World Series know. and then winning that World Series. I mean, that was incredible. And to be there as a employee of the Cardinals was just Indescribable, amazing. I'll also, yeah. not
1: having to wake up at four a.m. Well, <laughs> there's that too. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. The case job
5: was harder. Together. Yeah, it was yeah. harder. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, St. Louis Sports Hall of Famer and uh, one of the all-time greats in our in our community. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Randy. Yes. Appreciate it. it. Thank you. And yeah. uh, looking forward to the Sheldon Theater on February 29th. Ron, thank you so much for stopping by and, and joining us for thank this. Thank you. It's great meeting all of you. Great to meet great. you. you too. Uh, the U-Man here on 101 ESPN. We're going to head down the stretch. Give away some tickets. By the way, uh, we're giving away tickets. definitely Leopard, Journey, the Steve Miller Band, Cheap Trick and Heart all coming July yeah. 6th yeah. to uh, Bush yeah, Stadium. They're all coming out in their wheelchairs. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> <Yeah. stuff. laughs> we'll give away tickets to that next on 101 ESPN.
0: You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101
4: ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
0: Let's rock. Let's rock today.
5: 3,000 votes on our Twitter poll. At Randy Carricker. what do you think of the St. Louis Blues firing of Craig Berube? At this point, 91.6% of respondents are saying that it's a bad move. 8.4% are saying that it's a good move. Very simple question. What do you think of the Blues firing of Craig Berube? Just log on to X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it, and you can still get your vote in. But it looks like bad move is going to win.
1: It's uh, not a great move. Mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, but maybe a, a necessary move. Yeah. Maybe that's the, the thing, the catalyst that will get this team playing better playing harder playing with more energy and effort and if not then
5: you know who, who to look at look to and brooke mm-hmm. we're going to air the press conference live at 10 30.
6: yes we are so it'll be very interesting to see what is said because i think all of us are searching for answers every guest that we've had on today cannot point to a clear thing as to why it got to this point because to me and if you look at what shin said this past weekend because that's what we have to work off of right is that the solution is in that room and in the regards to holding players accountable it's up to these Mm -hmm. players and maybe the solution does need to be outside of the room too of getting different players talent level coming in but as of right now this is on the players as to why this firing happened
5: i'm not going to be able to make it over i hope that somebody who's driving over to centene that is in the media and is going to be at the press conference and is listening now will ask this question how are the blues better now than they were 24 hours ago yes how does this move make them better than they were 24 hours ago? Because that's your job as a poho, right? As mm-hmm. a general manager to, with every move you make, make the team better.
12: And I think also we, we, we touched on it. I hope somebody also asks him, you know, 13 months ago, it, what, you were not mm-hmm. going to fire the coach because the players weren't committing and now clearly that has changed what
5: what's the difference in this scenario than it was last year yep i think all fair because the other stuff is out there hey did you know that you can join in the holiday spirit yes you can we want you to help 101 espn support operation food search throughout december all you need to do is go to our merch store at 101 espn.com and pick up a t-shirt or a hoodie a hat we've got more than that we've got dunk dunctionary t-shirts we've got be patient shirts jamie rivers and brad thompson jerseys and order any of that swag during the month of december and proceeds from all sales are going to go to support operation food search visit 101 espn online merch store at 101 espn.com that's powered by mcbride homes and we're giving away tickets to Def leopard and journey steve miller cheap trick and heart all of them and as you man said
6: hmm
5: come out in their wheelchairs oh
6: man Somebody true. wheelchair and walkers yeah. yeah somebody said the wheelchair and walkers tour and <laughs> that's <laughs> so bad
5: well we have your chance to score, score a pair of free tickets to this concert <laughs> on july 6th at bush stadium tickets for the concert journey cheap trick def leopard heart and the steve miller band go on sale friday but you can text in now to 314-399-9646, 314 399 if you would like to get free tickets. And all you need to do is answer a trivia question that one Matthew Rocchio has concocted.
12: Text. Texter number 13 on this answer. Uh, earlier, Randy P correctly stated that this is the fourth time that Doug Armstrong has fired a coach midseason. Mm-hmm. Who was the first coach that Doug Armstrong fired midseason? Texter number 13
5: on that one, which is also how many games that coach got fired into the season. I know this answer. And you can also find a bonus chance to register to win tickets to Def Leppard and Journey at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 ESPN mobile app. Curbs doing chicken and pickle in St. Charles on Sunday from 11 to 1. So here's what you want to do. It's the first pickleball tournament ever at the new Chicken and Pickle location. It's an ugly sweater tournament, and more is happening at the new facility that includes 11 pickleball courts, a game yard, a rooftop bar, and much more. Check it all out Sunday with Curbs, who'll be at Chicken and Pickle from 11 to 1 in St. Charles. More info at 101espn.com. Well, uh, at the end of the day, guys, we have to thank Craig Berube before delivering the first Stanley Cup to St. Louis, right? He was what we needed at the time, and it's something that... I certainly will never forget because I was absolutely convinced that the franchise was cursed and chief was the guy who reversed the curse. And one thing I know about Craig Bruby and they obviously don't think so right now over at the blues offices, the front, some people, one person, I know Craig Bruby is capable of winning a Stanley cup. Mm -hmm. I don't know that about Drew Bannister. I don't know that about a lot of coaches, but I do know that Craig Bruby is capable of winning a Stanley cup. And like Riv said, uh, by the end of tomorrow, if Craig Ruby wants to coach in the NHL, he'll be able to.
11: Because we're a f- good hockey team, and we're going to f- come home with a cup here tonight. Unforgettable. let f- f- go. Sonny, Bo Perry, Benner. Let's go.
6: I will never forget that. And it was just such a special time to see what Craig Brewery was able to do with that Stanley Cup championship team and the way he was able to turn things around so quickly in there. Yes, the talent level, you can't compare that roster and this roster 100%. You can't do that. The talent level, though, sometimes that doesn't guarantee you wins. We've seen that in so many different sports, and he was the voice that was needed because Mike Yeo wasn't able to get that group to come together. Craig Bruby came in there, and you heard that speech. He gave many speeches like that during the course of the Season and that's who he is. He's a great communicator with his players. He brings out the best in his players, yep. and that's what he was able to accomplish. And so we'll always be grateful for what Craig Ruby and he also had did a lot in the community. I don't mm, know if you huge. guys knew, like knew this or not, but in his spare time, he would actually go walk dogs at stray rescue. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So great person, great, great guy. He so um, much for the
5: Ascension Charity Classic.
6: Yes. Mm-hmm.
5: Great. Hey, CD, as a, as a player who's a leader who does try hard. Are you mad at the guys who don't try hard? That got this oh, guy fired.
1: Listen, Randy, we we, we got to get some straightening going on. We got some conversations that should have been taking place all season long. Mm-hmm. But yes, because it it, it you you. You cost good people jobs and and opportunities and money and opportunities to win championships. And when comfort, right?
5: Yes. Braden Chen has a comfort level with Craig Broovey.
1: There is a. It's unfortunate, but we understand as pros, this is what happens in sports. People get fired when you don't do your job. But it it does it does lead you to be a little bit frustrated. And, and I'm sure there have been some conversations. Man, I don't know if there have been fights or near fights, mm-hmm. but strong, stern conversations about what needs to be done. Uh,
5: to make this team better yeah i I had heard that robert bortuzo wanted to move so that he could get more ice time maybe they moved robert bortuzo so that he wouldn't punch somebody out because they knew they were going to get rid of the coach
6: (laughs) he's done it before he has done it before
5: (laughs) so our thanks to jeremy rutherford for getting up early chris kerber for getting up early and joining us here on the opening drive thanks to you for tuning in a busy day and we'll have a busy day throughout we're going to have the press conference live at the bottom of the hour Tim McKernan with you next with a balloon party and then BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2 and then from 2 to 6 the fast lane and Jamie Rivers will have tons of reaction to the firing of Craig Bruby. We thank you for tuning in, texting, well you know what I need to say thanks to our producer and uh,
8: yeah. engineer
5: and doing uh, doing a good job he he did a lot today. Uh, great job today by Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. You guys killed it today. Oh, thank you. Uh, well, you we killed do. it. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't, kill it. Rock. <laughs> rock. I didn't. I didn't kill it. You no, uh, no, rocked. I didn't kill it. No, no. Brooke, no. even though if somebody got fired, was it fun?
6: Yeah, I'm just sad. Me too. How, sad about about How about that? How about that? How about that? Big mistake. Show us
1: your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my
8: face?
6: Big mistake. Huge, Huge mistake.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Michelle Smallman gave us that one yes. on Twitter, also. Uh, and we do thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Tomorrow we'll do Ask Uncle Randy because we couldn't do it today. We've got a, another big shoe coming up for you tomorrow for all of us until tomorrow morning at seven. Have a great Hump Day, St. Louis.
13: And now for something completely different.
0: You've been listening to the Opening Drive podcast on One Hundred and One ESPN and ESPN.com.
4: Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.